Blog Talk Radio. I'm telling you niggas, I'm not a regular nigga. No, I been supposed to change up. I was been supposed to fold all this pressure. I was been supposed to change up. Nigga, what would I look like? I come from the hood. I represent the only way up. Had to hustle, boy. I'm trying to touch the toy. I'm trying to fuck these LA streets up. Think it's safe to say that I did it up, nigga. Up. Yeah. Heavy-handed J, it's a heavy-handed edition, and I'm back on demand. You know how I do green eggs and ham. Non-disclosure, man, I got everything popping up on the computer. But yeah, it's a heavy-handed edition. It's your boy, heavy-handed J. Bitch, I'm the man. Bitch, I'm the man. Bitch, I'm the man. Friday night edition. You know, we keep it going. It's been a long week, work week. For all my real ones out there, you had to do what you had to do. I know how it is. I know all about it. It's a Friday night. It's a heavy-handed edition. Happy to be here. I like bringing, like, like bringing, um, like bringing that heavy hand to it, man. I, I love to bring that heavy hand to it, and and that's what I do. I bring that heavy hand to this shit, and um, that's what this show's about. We we have that hardcore commentary. We bring real, we bring it raw, but we like to um, bring the details and, and keep some facts involved. But um, like I said, though, man, Friday night, lounging a bit. I have my favorite drink. You know, not my favorite. It's my favorite drink when on a budget. And I like to educate the homies, man. And like I said, if you out there, share. Tell your partner, if it's the lady out there, you know, tell your homegirl, you a real one if you listen to it. You a lady out there listening to the heavy-handed edition, you a real one if you listen to this. But, and tell a friend to tell a friend, like, share, all that. Let's keep it moving. But it's a Friday night. It's been a long work week. I'm having a nightcap. When I'm on a budget, and I'm, I'm not splurging, my drink of choice, and as, as all of you know, if you've been following me, I, I drink no brown liquor, only the clear stuff, vodka, less sugar is what I'm told. I, I don't know if any of that is true. Urban legend. Also, all of my dad's friends who are about his age, 65 to 70 years old, they've all been told by the doctor if they have one more drink, they're dead. And they all were drinking E&J and cognac and all that shit. So... I've taken a different route, and my budgeted favorite drink is Sky Vodka. Sky Vodka, right? Y'all ain't knowing about Sky Vodka. A lot of you going to shade on Sky Vodka and act like you're too good for it. Let me tell you, it got a good get up in the morning to it. You can get up, only in moderation, of course, but you can get up. It's a fine drink, I must say, but that's what I'm doing. Finna get into these here sports, man, and uh, we gonna burn it up. But what we got on the menu today? So we got Andre Iguodala 
going to the breakfast club and having some admission that he too last year had a misreported injury by the Golden State Warriors franchise. Andre Iguodala went on the breakfast club, a very popular um, radio station, 105 Power 105.1, and basically told the world that Kevin Durant, he too had a misdiagnosed or more so in this case, misreported injury. Basically, the team was telling the press, the media, as well as the other players on the team, Andre Iguodala had a bone bruise. But in fact, Andre Iguodala had a bone fracture. So what we're coming to realize here in 2019 that this is malpractice is a common practice within these franchises. And I don't want to, I don't think that it's only privy to the Golden State Warriors or the NBA. We see what the Philadelphia Eagles let Terrell Owens do in that Super Bowl. Terrell Owens, what, six weeks earlier, if that, had went with a pretty significant injury. The man was still limping, came back and balled. Nonetheless, he came back and balled. But I don't think it was like, yeah, Terrell, you're good now. You'll, you'll, you'll be fine. It was more like, yeah, we got an each team. You can go. Uh, yeah, we think, it, you know, he balled. But I think that we've had a perception of these franchises that they they hold themselves to a standard as far as the, the health of the athletes go. And I think that perception is slowly diminishing here in 2019. We'll talk about that. Uh, another story we had, we had the NBA awards go down. We had the NBA awards. We had uh, surprisingly two Clippers up for the sixth man of the year. That's interesting, right? I don't know if that's ever happened. Uh, Code of the year, I think, was a surprising, surprising nomination as well as the MVP. You know, I, I'd been in awe all year. James Harden, just how he, just how he's been getting his work done. You know, I've never seen anyone just isolate, top of the key. Entire defense can focus on this guy, and he just breaking dudes down with the dribble, pull, step back three pointer. You know, high efficiency. He's either shooting at three, he's driving to the hole with the floater or the left hand layup, or he's or he's getting to the line and he's doing that all at a high percentile. So that was my guy. It didn't happen. But um, we'll talk about the NBA awards. I think it was some pretty interesting uh, guys that took home some awards there, but some were, I think, pretty good decisions. We also have some NBA free agency. NBA free agency. And more specific, I got smoke. You know, me and one of the homies that's calling in today, Free smoke, free smoke, hey, free smoke, free smoke, hey, free smoke, free smoke, hey. He know we got smoke. And that smoke is more particularly into the conversation of the Lakers and Rob Palinka and Magic Johnson. You see, there's a conversation out there that the Lakers with this upswing in perception of the franchise you know, just a month ago, everybody was on the Lakers. Now we've landed AD, and we've cleared this cap space, and that perception has changed. Look, I'm with the change. 
is not a problem to me. I, I, I'm down for it. But I think the question is, how much credit does Rob deserve for the happenings in the recently in the Laker franchise? And is the exile of Magic Johnson a derivative of the newfound success in the franchise? I think that's the question. We'll talk about that. I think that is some interesting talk, and we'll get into some details about that. And we'll also get a little little baseball update since we got some family on that can handle that type of workforce. But let me go down the line before we get into it all, man. Let me bring on the family that we go out on. Let me bring on my boy. He's been in here for a while recently. Let's do it. RC, what up, family? Oh, man. Hey. <clears throat> Excuse me, man. Great intro. Um, I'm chilling right now, bro. I just got to Pismo Beach, like, right now, right now. Uh, about to spend a week in here at this little spot on the beach. And uh, just chilling. I've seen the, uh, the notification come up in the group message that we're starting right now, right now. So it's just shit. Let's get to it with the topics that you got put on. And, um, yeah, man, a whole lot to get to. I'm excited to be here with you, bro. The show that's in demand. So, you know, the man had to show up. Let's get it. No doubt. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You at Pismo Beach? Yes, sir. Um, uh, my best friend got a, a a spot out here, a condo right out here. So, uh going to be out here for the weekend and get away from some of that Central Cali heat because it's, uh, it's not too bad right now, but you know, um, got a couple of friends out here that's going to be uh, a night of adventure. So, ain't no better way to start it off than being here with the podcast and yourself, man. So, so far, so good, especially right now. Better than good. Start off the right way. Getting the, getting the start to the night off on the right foot, so to speak. I'm ready, bro. Man, RC be living his best life, y'all. I'm telling you, I follow RC. I'm a married dude, 37. You know, 37 is a whatever age. Who gives a shit about 37-year-olds? If you're not 25, you might as well be 40, you know, because the rest of that in between, in my estimation, is whatever. But um, I still live through RC vicariously on Twitter. I mean, he, he, he is, he's always at a pool party. He's always at a festival. He's always at a bar. He's always <laughs> visiting and driving. And I mean, I just live through him. So, RC, keep keep being that type of guy that I can live through, man, and giving me a ray of hope in my life. Um, we got oh, some man, more family. You already know, bro. I'm going to post some good stuff on Twitter tonight, bro. But you know what time it is, man. I'm going to be out here repping for the podcast. So, anybody I come across for tonight, follow OBP and follow the Relatively Black and Fat Podcast. I'm telling everybody, I'm out here promoting. <laughs> Hell, yeah. Let's get it to <laughs> Holding it down, holding it down, holding it down. Now, we got some other family. Y'all haven't heard him in a while. But once you hear his voice, you'll know who he is. Now, he got an intro. He texted me and said he got his own music. So, Jonathan, have at it. What up, fam? What's up, What's up, everybody? Get me, get me, get me. 
Christ. That's right. My boy Rob Kalinka be coming through. He be coming through. Jesus Christ. Yes, he can. (laughs) Wow. This man just played (laughs) a Bob the Builder can build it. In tribute to Rob (laughs) Kalinka building, repairing the Laker franchise. Man, we got a lot to talk about. Magic burned it down. He's got to rebuild it. Jesus Christ. You hear that? We got to, we going to talk about it. We going to get there. We going to get there. But let's, let's get through this other shit real quick. So look, man, Andre Iguodala made an appearance on the Breakfast Club. He basically made an admission, had an admission that he too, like Kevin Durant last year, had an injury that was misdiagnosed and misreported. So I think what we're getting to here is that these injuries are being misreported purposely and misdiagnosed purposely. We knew the Kevin Durant injury was not If you, you've been on this heavy-handed edition, you know what I've been saying the whole time, baby. I know what an Achilles looked like because I have close friends who have um, torn their Achilles. And the story's the same. When you rupture that Achilles, just like Kevin Durant did, you're going to turn around because Kevin Durant said he thought P.J. Tucker kicked him. What my buddies say is that it feels like the floor fell out from under you. It's not like an, a, a pain. It's like, oh, what the hell happened? And that's exactly what Kevin Durant did. I knew it immediately. Uh, we got this calf talk. We, Of course, we heard Jalen Rose talking about he's seen Kevin Durant with the ice way lower than where the calf is. And we heard Max Kellerman talking about, look, man, the Achilles is attached to the calf. You know, so if you're having severe cash I- calf issues, it's a possibility that your Achilles could also go. Either way, they wanted to cut it, they run the wrong. But what I think is being put on display here, and that is that rubs me the wrong way, is that I, I had a perception of these franchises and these, you know, these well-paid physicians on the staff them having an oath to protect the health of the patient. We, we trust these doctors to look out for our well-being. Now, they're on the payroll. They, they get a paycheck that says, you know, X franchise. But what I don't like, man, is that we've gotten to a point where I think it's starting to become apparent that the franchises – are looking out for their best interest, and their best interest is bringing home W's. Um, and that may be at the cost of the player health and whatever could happen to the player. We gave Kawhi Leonard a ton of grief for, for what he did in San Antonio, going out seeking second opinions, hiring his personal doctors, not taking the team doctor's opinions of him being ready to play. Because obviously the... San Antonio Spurs, the Kawhi Leonard was ready to play. Kawhi Leonard took a lot of scrutiny because he held out. A lot of scrutiny. You still got to this day Skip Bayless on first take calling him number two because he wouldn't play when the San Antonio Spurs doctor, the, their staff doctor said he could. 
Kawhi Leonard went out and found a second opinion that said maybe you shouldn't. And you still got Skip Bayless to this day scrutinizing the guy for not playing. I don't like that shit. For sure, bro. I don't like that shit. Look, before we get into it, guys, and we go down the line, let's just get some, uh, let's get the quote, and let's get some commentary on what Iguodala had to say. This is actually serious. I, I think this was underreported yesterday. Andre Iguodala, who was on a book tour, was on uh, The Breakfast Club yesterday, and he shared a story on playing through injury that I think really sheds a light on what happened with Kevin Durant in these finals. I have to read you the quotes. Here's what he said. When you're an athlete and you're hurt, everybody is looking at you sideways. Last year it happened to me. I missed the last three games of the Houston series. It goes to game seven and we barely get out of that series. And now they're looking at me like, when are you coming back? And I had a fractured leg and it's being put out there like he's got a bone bruise. And I'm like, no, it's fractured. So I'm fighting with the team, I'm fighting with people, I'm fighting with the media, and my teammates ask me every day how I'm feeling. So with Kevin Durant, he's talking about he's getting it from everywhere too. Uh, Jalen, Jay and I talked about this a little bit earlier mm. here. I think this is a very, very big deal. This is Iguodala, same team, saying a year ago he felt he was pressured into playing from a variety of different directions when he was more seriously hurt than was being reported. And now here we have the situation with Kevin Durant. What do you make of this? How about a couple of examples? Remember when Isaiah Thomas was starring in Boston and they were a number one seed and he was averaging almost 30 points? This year he was on the Denver Nuggets barely playing at all. That's how fast his star has changed. Look at a guy like KD. I said on NBA Countdown that Friday that his workout did not go well on any level. And then all of a sudden he gets cleared to play and people think they want to assassinate my character and my reporting. And then he goes out there and he gets injured. A lot of this reminds me of Derrick Rose at different points of his career. But here's what we can't ignore. The injury is one thing. Like Andre Iguodala said, they were putting out there that he had a bone bruise, yet you have a fractured leg. That's the problem. KD's scenario seemed to be a cast. But when he was walking out of practice, Jay and Greeny, yep. he had ice on his Achilles. And I'm no doctor, but I'm like, wait a minute, this is a bigger thing. And those two scenarios are tied. So for him to be cleared a couple of days after he was not able to go in a workout led me to believe that if he was going to play, it was because he was just trying to do it because his team was down 3-1 and he was caving to what I call a herd mentality that fans and media, and now what we're hearing from Andre Iguodala eternally put some pressure on him to go out there and try to perform. I want Now look, guys. Shady, shady business. And I don't like it at all. I don't like that shit. For sure, bro. I don't like that shit. You know, these franchises put out a perception that they hope their physician, their staff, their physicians on staff at a high esteem. Gary Vitti and all these people we hear about and how the Phoenix Suns coaching staff is so their uh, physician staff so amazing and you know how these guys are able to extend careers. Let's talk about it. RC, what do you think about this, man? Are, are we having to just accept that this is what it is and this is what's been happening for decades now? Or what do you think about it, bro? 
It's uh, it's a, this is a tough one, man. I know that they said they had different positions evaluate Kevin Durant. Well, Steve Kerr said that. I don't know whose string he was rolling off of to 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 come off with those comments and how much weight that they hold to them to be true. To be honest with you, um, <clears throat> Iguodala's confessions raised my eyebrow even more so than it was raised before. Now you got my eyebrow looking like Dwayne Johnson type shit, you know. Um, and I think that if this comes out to be true, where Kevin Durant, there's been reports that he's been pissed off about the Warriors medical staff and this and that. Uh, you know, I think that the Warriors should face a substantial penalty going into next season or um, given uh, as soon as possible. This is a... Uh, as coming through football players, I know my man Willa could attest to it because he played at the extra level. But I mean, throughout uh, certain levels of, of contact sports, especially football, things like that, we want to play. You know, I I've, I've had a, a sprained ankle injury on site and uh, try to play through it because of the adrenaline and things like that. And that shit had me uh, waking up out of bed every day, hurting for a solid 10, 15 minutes for about two and a half years straight, you know. Uh, and, and with Kevin Durant, the slow motion video of that shit just snapping, it's unfortunate. Now the the, the, the basketball world is, you know, anyone's take at this point in time in the West. Um, I find Iguodala's comments to validate previous thoughts, you know, from what I thought about Golden State, I didn't think that Kevin Durant was going to play at all. And for them to throw him in there and the way the owner was saying that he was going to get in there, Shannon Sharp commented on Undisputed saying that I, uh, uh, the owner was quote-unquote crying, saying, you can blame me. I'm the operator of the general basketball. No, you, there was no tears at all. It was fake crying. I've done that before when I got suspended from school and told my mama a bold-faced lie to get me out of trouble and get away <laughs> from that whooping. Yep. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, um, uh, I, I think that it's uh, it, it's very unfortunate, man. It's it's not cool because like as much as I did not like the Warriors' success and all the stuff, like I was mad at KD for going there. I don't ever want to see a guy like KD or low level guys get hurt. Maybe Dante Jones, you know who I'm talking about with the Lakers stuff, that old guy in Denver. Maybe he could get that kind of injury, and I wouldn't care about. But uh, I think that I believe the fact that there uh, would be Russian guys still. And it just goes to prove uh, a guy like Kawhi Leonard who took so much scrutiny for taking his time off that he did. Nobody knows your body like you do. Uh, I mean, and it's just to the T. You know what I mean? So uh, I feel like uh, the players get a little too much heat, and I felt like Kevin Brent was feeling too much of that. They're like, when's he going to come back? You know, we're, we're, uh, we're down, what was it, um, 2-1 and, uh, and down 3-1. It was like, man. Uh, it was looking bad, but you know, KD ended up being a martyr, going back out, going out on his shield, and unfortunately for him, I don't know if we'll ever see that same KD back. And mm. I do not like the fact that it comes down to the owner saying I expect him to play. This man, as soon as I seen that injury, they weren't fooling me with no calf injury. I didn't think it was, and it might have been, but I, you, someone still can't convince me. Well, that Achilles injury had happened. I don't think it was just out of the blue, you know, randomness of an injury happening to somebody. 
I think that there was some some significance involved with that injury that led up to it just easily going out in the second quarter that we've seen what it did. That's unfortunate. And for the NBA, such a players-driven league, I think the Warriors should be fined. I mean, I don't know what kind of amount, but they need to be fined something more than a slap on the wrist. Yeah, RC, I think that's uh, the best idea I've heard. Somehow, we have to to be able to to find the franchise for their misdiagnosis. Are there? Yeah. Somehow, we have to be able to do that. Right now, they have no accountability. The Bob Myers guy that came out there with the stuffy nose with no tears and did all that fake crying for rent. After he he didn't have to make that appearance, so that was admirable, I'd say. But who did, who gives it? He's just going on about his business at these this point. While, like you said, RC, we may never see that level of Durant again. And you know what, man? Durant was just reaching his his greatness. Durant just was coming into himself. Like you know what? I'm the best. Can't none of them fuck with me. Can't he? He. It was like he was just knowing it for sure. It's a difference when a guy damn shame. A damn shame. And they cut him at the legs at the prime, prime, prime. This this next two years, he'll never get back. Um, and it's, it's his prime. Jonathan, what do you think about it, man? Um, are we seeing, do we have to look at these franchises as dirty fucking practitioners? Or are, are we tripping? Talk about it, family. I mean, I, I, uh, I mean, I don't think I don't think anybody's tripping per se, and you know, and and uh, I, mean, I haven't had the pleasure of uh, being on the show with RC, so it's a it's a pleasure it's a pleasure to meet you, but you know, one of the things uh, uh, JP will tell you is that you know I uh, JP will tell you man that uh, you know I'm a, I'm a little bit of a contrarian, you know, uh, but this time you know I'm gonna go on the contrary only because misdiagnosis happen all the time whether it's at this high nba level or something as simple as common people like us you know i I mean i'm gonna go into this thing i mean just bear with me on this but you know my father-in-law was just uh diagnosed with cancer maybe a couple years ago and you know every time he goes to the doctor it's always uh we're gonna do this procedure and we're gonna do this procedure and he's gonna be okay after this and then you get a series of complications that they never expected or didn't think they were going to expect because two or three out of a million people that went through this procedure, it didn't happen to, or, you know, this happened to him and now this procedure is going to happen and it's going to fix it. And, you know, now all these other complications are happening because of this, the human body is so unique. Every single person is so unique that we don't know what's going to happen after a certain injury. I'm pretty sure there are hundreds of NBA players that have had that calf injury, recovered, and didn't have a blown Achilles. You know, I mean, it's just something that the doctors will put these players, and, and listen, I'm not trying to justify anything. I'm not trying to say that, that the Warriors or the NBA, the NFL, or baseball, you know, they're not trying to be shady and look after their own best interest because, Chances are they probably were, but at the same time, I mean, looking at what happens in everyday life, I mean, there's a chance that these doctors put these players through MRIs, put them through x-rays, and they don't see anything. They say, you know what? I mean, honestly, my honest opinion, they may say, like, 
I don't see anything wrong anymore. I mean, based on the information, on the data that we receive, he's good to go. And, you know, that that may have been a possibility because think about this, guys. I mean, Clay Thompson, they pretty much told him not to go. They advised him not to go, but they said it was up to him. And like R.C. mentioned, you know, when your adrenaline's going and you want to play because this is the NBA Finals, I mean, you're going to go. And, you know, and I think Andre Iguodala on that Breakfast Club kind of alluded to that where your, your, your coworkers, right, your, your teammates are telling you, hey, man, you good? What's up, man, you good? The doctor said you clear, you good? I mean, how do we know that's not going on, you know, and the doctors are telling you you're okay, but then at the end of the day, you know, you can, and, you know, that, that's why, you know, this Kawhi Leonard situation with the San Antonio Spurs, it's, it's, it's such an eye-opening, you know, uh, it's, it's so eye-opening because, you know, now we know that, you know, at the end of the day, these players, uh, doctors, uh, franchises, and, and even us as the fans got to understand is that if a player says, you know what, I'm not right, we kind of have to listen to that. But at the end of the day, you know, this whole misdiagnosis thing, I mean, I think it happens in everyday life. That's why these doctors and nurses have these special insurances that cover them in case they do do something wrong. Because, I mean, the human body, I mean, one person takes one medicine and they feel great. The, uh, the other person takes a type of medicine and it affects them a completely different way. And, you know, I just feel that it's hit and miss. I think at the end of the day, I mean, these franchises, these doctors really need to listen to the player because I think RC said it. Nobody knows your body better than you. So it sounds to me, Jonathan, that you are willing to give the Golden State Warner Warriors the benefit of the doubt here. Is that correct? Um, kind of, because at the same time, I mean, I mean, you know, when we watch Hollywood movies, you know, like Any Given Sunday, or you know, uh, you know, you know, I mean, that Any Given Sunday is the movie that pops in my. Even though I haven't seen it in a while, but you know, these doctors kind of like you know diagnose players a certain way and you know they say you know what yeah he's all messed up just give him some cortisone and he's good to go and you know and these doctors know the long-term effects of certain medications they know what's going to happen if you know they really do see that this player is in a bad situation and you know they take advantage of the adrenaline they may take advantage of the situation that they're in a championship game or they're in a championship series I am not I am by no means saying that that's not a part of it. But at the same time, I do believe that there, I mean, I don't care how big of a, I don't care how many years you spend at Yale. I don't know where these doctors get their degrees. I don't care how many years you spend it. I mean, misdiagnosis has happened. I mean, it's just, it's just the nature of the beast. And you know, sorry to jump in this one, JP, but just to like put this out there, like I, I agree with there's there's misdiagnoses out there all the time and you know sometimes it be that way but the only thing that raises my eyebrow even more so was we knew that the Warriors were going to the Chase Center coming into next season which kept, which is just crosses out all the, the the common fans who you know still willing to spend ninety dollars uh, to get the kid a seat but when it's in the, the nose 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 bleed and something changed like that no that's not happening. You know that the Warriors wanted to get that extra chip before they moved to San Francisco in the brand new arena, so the the, the ticket prices would somewhat be validated, especially whenever they have the ceremony getting their ring at the arena. They, it just goes to show the ugly side of greed from the organization, man. And that's what it, I think that's what it boils down to with me. 
I, I mean, uh, it, I, there was no. I thought there was no way in hell KD was going to be able to play. And when he did, and when he got hurt in the second quarter, they got no reaction from me. I was just like, that's. And, and me, not mind you, I was going for the Raptors. The Raptors fans that seen him get hurt, they started cheering. I seen people who hate the Warriors that I was watching the game with start cheering. For me, I just sat in my seat and shake my head like, that's not the way it's supposed to be, man. And the Warriors organization is the only person to point their finger at. Uh, you know, KD definitely has to blame, but I think that the, the accountability as to where I think that the uh, um, agenda came from was, look, man, we need you. We know we can beat these guys with you. We're going to a new arena next year. We want to keep you along for the ride. And, you know, the the dollar signs took over the, the, the human moral aspect of the whole situation. Yeah. I, I think we we have to hold the physicians to a certain standard now. Of course, there's disclaimers, especially if we're talking putting a person under surgery, um, putting a person to sleep, and all kinds of things when it comes to complex surgery. But when it comes to looking at a goddamn MRI and you telling me whether, you know, I, I believe you should be pretty accurate at being able to look at an x-ray and MRI and tell me what's going on there. So there's levels to that part of it. I think it's the, the Derek Rose experience that we all got to watch and see, I think is a true, a true example of what's been happening here, man. That kid, his attitude, we, it was never reported like necessarily it's still to this day, I don't feel Derrick Rose has spoken on what happened with the Bulls. But you could kind of tell and feel like he was just disgruntled with how he was handled. And that knee never got right. And we never, you know, we see in some uh, resurrection of Derrick Rose this past year. But, like, we're never going to see that guy ever, ever, ever. You know, we've had a lot of examples of these dudes who try to come back and they just never make, quite make it back. But before we wrap on this, man, I want to let my my boy get his, get his his say on it. You know, I just play like to get his audio these days just to hear him baby coon out. But I, I still love him nonetheless. And, uh, I, I have a special place in my heart for him. He's one of the pioneers, kind of, kind of the pioneers of the whole game. Y'all know who he stay is. I'm off play the weed. It's stay off the weed. Let's let Stephen A. get his stay on this topic. I'm interested in Eagle Dollar once he gets back to Oakland, because there's going to be people waiting for him, because he's got some explaining to do. Now, if you talk to the Warriors, what they would tell you, because you know I have, and what they would tell you is, you don't know no damn fractured leg or anything like that. He had a bone bruise, 100%. You listen to him, it's something entirely different. Somebody lying. Yeah. Now, somebody lying. I don't know who, but I'm telling you, somebody's lying. It's two completely different stories. Now, if you are the Golden State Warriors for the moment, this looks very bad. And the reason why it looks very bad is because you're fresh off of the KD injury, okay? 
and because the KD injury took place. Now, whether you believe it or not, you had some people that was talking about, you remember I had, to, I, had to, I had to make sure that we addressed the issue. It was a calf injury. There was no Achilles at the time, and there was no threat of it the being Warriors Achilles. Claim. That's what the Warriors claim. So let's be clear about that. And any NBA, because I spoke to them about it as well, and their position is it's a calf, it's not an Achilles. But then you also heard people talking about how when KD went out of the game in the first quarter, they iced him. Which means that if you icing down that area, you're making it stiff, and then to throw them back out there after you ice them, all right, that's a problem. So that's me, you, or anybody else getting into the medical yeah. minutiae of something which I am simply not qualified to do, and I'm not trying to cast any aspersions on the Warriors. My issue, however, is your player just did. Yeah. yeah. And by your player just doing so, particularly as free agency is approaching. If Kevin Durant, God forbid, if Kevin Durant would have come out, and I'm not saying I don't, I don't know how he feels. I haven't spoken to him. But if Kevin Durant, just imagine for one second, if Kevin Durant came out today and was like, I love my man Iggy, he don't have to say a word. All he had to go like this. He don't even have to bring anything up about medical. All he says, my brother Iggy, appreciate the lookout. If he says something like that, you know that's going to add credence to what Iggy said. And that's where it becomes a bit problematic. I know he's trying to sell his book. You know people when they're trying to sell books, you never know. But I know that Andre Iguodala is usually an honest brother. I've never encountered anybody that questions his integrity. And I don't think the Warriors ever did until today. Andre Iguodala is still under contract. He got to go back. It's not like Iguodala is out of there. (laughs) That's one thing I think that needs to be noted here. That's a bullet point. Uh, Iguodala finna go back to that team. So, depending on how you look at that, in old heavy-handed Jay's estimation, if if, if I say something about you and I know I got to come see you tomorrow, well, goddammit, it must be true. Because I'm going to come out there with a straight face and look at you like what? Yeah. Now, you can look at it from the other side of the spectrum and say, some people will lie and then come to look at the person tomorrow and whatever they got to do with it. Uh, RC, uh, anything to say about what Stephen A. had to say about it all? Somebody's lying. Uh, Andre got to go back. Andre has high integrity and credibility. If you watch him on The Breakfast Club, he's a very professional, well-spoken, grown-ass man. What do you to say about it? It strikes me as a person who wanted to say something, whether it be in the locker room, at the practice facilities, maybe in the training room when he was getting, you know, maybe his ankles taped up at the same time, but couldn't say something. And to me, it seems that he was away from the establishment that was wanting to give him the gag order. Like, shut up, be quiet, man. We're trying to get KD back. And. And he just felt like, you know what? I'm off the leash. I can say this, and I've been wanting to say it. And some people might have been giving me a sideways look to not let me say it. But I had a similar type of situation with myself. And, you know, I felt like when I heard that on the Breakfast Club, it was just him saying, you know what? This ain't right. I can't look myself in the mirror going with the company line saying so-and-so. And then so, lying to yourself. 
I felt like he was uh, just he, he probably had enough of it because as he said that he was being hit up about teammates like you good you good every day. This has probably been happening throughout the entire series with Portland, even though it went four games, and it damn sure got loud when Toronto won the first game. They lost the second, which was you know kind of fluky dooky. But then when when Toronto came to Golden State and took two. I'm sure those those whispers turned into, you know, guys on a goddamn microphone or, you know, just a a, a megaphone. And I'm sure that he he's seen it. I guarantee you, he's seen something that he didn't like. And to me, it struck me as a brother who just didn't appreciate how they, you know, essentially rushed the man back and who knows, might have ruined his career, man. So, I think that uh, Andre Guadala couldn't look himself in the mirror if he could not get this off his chest, you know, at a perfect time that he did at the breakfast club. Mm. Jonathan, your thoughts? Well, I, I mean, at, at the end of the day, I mean, I really do feel exactly how a lot of people feel about Andre Iguodala. I think he's very credible. I think he's a, he's a stand-up individual. And like you said, he's very well-spoken. I mean, I don't – I'm not necessarily saying that I disagree or I don't believe Andre Iguodala because, I mean, that wouldn't surprise me. Like I mentioned that these franchises, whether it's any professional sport, that they're going to always think in their best interest. If it's, like, for example, if it's a gray area, you know, what I'm trying to say is if it's blatant, like, hey, you just tore your Achilles, obviously you can't go back out there. Obviously that's, that's, that's obvious. That's, that's obvious. But I, I w- it wouldn't surprise me that these NBA f- or, or any, any professional uh, sport franchise would kind of dance around those gray areas and say to themselves, eh, this can possibly happen, but then it probably won't happen. And, you know, and sometimes, you know, these teams do not err on the side of caution and they just roll it out there because every game they play, I mean, that's revenue, that's money, that's, or, or like RC said, you know, that's something that they're looking at in the future because they're going into their new – uh, stadium. I mean, they're going into their new arena. So, you know, all these things play a factor. That's why I am a big mm-hmm. supporter of what Kawhi did in San Antonio and pretty much told them, screw you guys. I don't care what your doctors say. I don't feel right. You know, I think I'm more on the side of if the player feels that he can go, kind of like you mentioned, I think it was you, JP, that mentioned Terrell Owens in the Super Bowl. From what I, from everything that I've read and heard, he said he was good to go. He's all like the doctors were like, ah, oh, you know, I don't know, but if you want to go, go. He went and nothing happened. You know, I mean, he was perfectly. I mean, he played the Super Bowl, had great numbers, and you know, he did well. Kevin Durant was a completely different. He's the other example of you know, you know, when you don't, you know, when you don't really know what's going on, you know, because. You know, I mean, something as simple as a computer. I mean, guys, I mean, we've all had these situations where our computer's busted. We take it to the repair guy, and he says, you know what? I have no idea what the hell's wrong with this. I mean, the human body is the exact same thing. I mean, it's it's a machine that we don't fully understand because everybody's different. That's why I go back to I'm a big supporter of what Kawhi Leonard did. He said, you know what? I don't, I don't, you know, you guys are saying that I'm good. You doctors are saying that, that I'm fine and that I'm healthy and that I'm good to go. I don't feel right. And you know what? Look look at him. I mean, he 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 left, you know, did that whole uh what's that injury? Not an injury called, but that uh ah, I can't believe that term just skipped me. Uh where these play uh 
where they take games off. You know, he, you know, they they took the games off and and load look, he won an NBA champion. Load management, that one. You know, he took his load management and he saved himself for the playoffs. And look, he won an, he helped his team win an NBA title. I mean, that's where I feel that you know the the doctors and the players need to be on the same page on the sense of like you know what I, my body isn't right I'm not gonna go or you know what I feel great I'm gonna go and it is what it is on whatever happens that's how I feel about it yeah so <clears throat> I think what we we kind of got to there is that you know Andre Iguodala kind of second ding that's if that's the thing seconding the notion of you know what it seems to be Kevin Durant is saying yo uh I, I he I'm injured uh, they they said I was okay when I wasn't okay also that's kind of what this whole story's about um whether or not these misdiagnoses are are true I know one thing Iguodala gotta go back to Golden State and when he pull up, man, I'm sure the GM, the the the, the coaching staff, the medical staff, they gonna be like, no, oh shit, say it again, say something else, oh, say something else, say something else, nigga. Yeah, they're gonna have it in for him. So that's enough for that. We'll go on. NBA awards that happened. Now the show itself to me was cringeworthy but we'll just talk about the happenings um few awards went to some people you know some 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 things happened expectedly some things some unexpected happened uh let's get the breakdown on what took place at the nba awards if you if you guys aren't aware of the winners uh i'm gonna let you hear this audio one sec The 2018-19 season awards have finally been revealed. First up, the Rookie of the Year. It was between Trey Young from the Atlanta Hawks, DeAndre Ayton from the Phoenix Suns, and Luka Doncic from the Dallas Mavericks. And Luka is the Rookie of the Year. He averaged 21 points a game, 7 rebounds, 6 assists. Nothing to complain about here. Trey Young made it interesting at the end of the season, but from start to finish, it's got to be Luka. Next up is the most improved player of the year. The three finalists, De'Aaron Fox from the Sacramento Kings, D'Angelo Russell from the Brooklyn Nets, and Pascal Siakam from the Toronto Raptors. Of course, it's got to be Siakam, the most improved player. And it's funny because last year, just last year, Even I was talking trash about Siakam. A lot of people were sending me clips on Twitter saying, look what you were saying about Siakam a year ago. And he completely transformed this team. He had that big game one in the finals. Definitely deserving of the most improved player. The sixth man of the year award. Now, this is some cheese because two players on the same team are finalists. How is that possible? You can only have one sixth man. You can't have two. You've got Lou Williams from the Clippers. He won this award last year. You got Harrell from the Clippers. And then you got Sabonis from the Indiana Pacers. Lou Will, he's going to take home the award again. Another great season of scoring some game winners. Next up is the Coach of the Year. You've got Doc Rivers from the Clippers, Mike Budenhoser from the Bucks, and Mike Malone from the Nuggets. The winner is Mike Budenhoser of the Bucks, the best record in the league. Definitely deserving 
The other coaches had a great season as well. Maybe Doc Rivers probably had the best season because they didn't even have a star player. They were in the playoffs. They even beat the Warriors a few times. Pretty impressive, but I'm not disappointed or upset at all that the Bucks head coach is the winner. The Defensive Player of the Year Award. We've got Paul George from the Thunder, Giannis from the Bucks, and Rudy Gobert from the Utah Jazz. And the winner is Rudy Gobert. You can't get mad when Gobert wins a Defensive Player of the Year Award because that's what he does. He specializes in that. The Jazz wouldn't be anywhere as good as they are without him. It is a little tough this season because Giannis and the Bucks, they had the best record for a reason. Giannis, we've seen him get so many big-time blocks in the regular season and even in the playoffs. Let me know what you think about this one in the comment section. And finally, the Most Valuable Player Award. We've got Giannis from the Bucks, James Harden from the Rockets, Paul George from the Oklahoma City Thunder. The winner is Giannis. With a tremendous season, he definitely deserves it. There's a lot of people that think it should have gone to James Harden because he did have a fabulous regular season, putting up crazy numbers. Remember, the Rockets started off the season slow. They were losing like crazy. He kept them in it with big 40-plus, 50-point performances. His stats were insane, but Giannis had crazy stats as well, and his team was winning. His team was a true contender. They did get knocked out, though, by the Raptors. In devastating fashion, he lost four straight. But still, Giannis, it was his breakout season. He deserves it. Let me just start by saying, Coach of the Year. I don't like that shit. For sure, bro. I don't like that shit. Now look, Jonathan, it's just me and you. RC dropped off. He said he'd be right back. Budenhoser, Coach of the Milwaukee Bucks. What can you say? Best record in the league. I think Doc Rivers did a lot more with a lot less. I think Doc Rivers coached up a freaking team playing in the Western Conference, giving Golden State a run for their money to where you have to see the best of Kevin Durant. (laughs) Doc Rivers did a masterful job in L.A. with that Clipper team. I think another point that needs to be noticed about that Clipper team is that they have two nominees for six man of the year. How is that possible? Think about it. Does that speak to the strength of their team or the weakness? Well, to me, you'd probably say the weakness. If you got two guys being the nominee for six man of the year, or that could speak to, you know, the strength in numbers, maybe whatever it be. But I think doc Rivers should have won it. What do you think about the coach of the year decision? Well, what was Milwaukee's uh, – I, I can't remember off the top of my head, but uh, what was Milwaukee's record last year? I, I don't know. I, I, I want to I say – I want I mean, if I'm thinking about who was in the Eastern Conference playoffs last year, because obviously that was LeBron's last year in the East, Milwaukee wasn't in the playoffs. And one of the – I mean, and you know this, uh, JP, going back to, you know, Kobe and Powell, Shaq and Kobe, you know, how many times did Phil Jackson win Coach of the Year? I mean, I, I mean, you could argue you. Yeah, I mean, you could argue that during those years, Phil Jackson was probably the best coach in the league, and he never won it. I mean, Doc Rivers won Coach of the Year. I think the year that he was in Boston when 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 they were, I think in two thousand eight when the Celtics won uh, the championship, and he had, you know, three to four Hall of Famers on that team. 
You know, I, I personally think, and this is probably maybe not the answer you want to hear, but I really feel that that Coach of the Year award, is so re- it's, it's, it's meant to be revolving. It's meant to be given to, you know, whoever the best record is or, or it's more of like what did, the de- what did the team do last year versus what the team did this year because one of the things that I heard specifically about Doc Rivers and why you can kind of say he was hated on when it came to uh, uh, not getting coach of the year was more on the lines of what did he do when he had Blake Griffin, DeAndre Jordan, and Chris Paul? I mean, the same mm-hmm. thing. I, I mean, like that. Nobody – Nobody, nobody's really saying that Doc Rivers isn't a hell of a coach. I mean, I've, I mean, I've been, I, and I do think that Doc Rivers is a hell of a coach because I agree with what he had and what he did was pretty remarkable. But at the same time, I mean, we've also seen Doc Rivers with extraordinary, with, I wouldn't say extraordinary, maybe I would say exceptional talent with CP3, you know, Blake Griffin, DeAndre Jordan, uh, Man, I think Paul Pierce was on that team. I think, uh, man, I keep forget. I keep referring to him as a Nick. Uh, Jamal, uh, Crawford, Jamal Crawford, 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 Crawford yeah. Jamal Crawford. Yeah, I mean, guys. all these guys were on the squad. I mean, I mean, yeah, they had they had a team. They had a really really good team, and they couldn't get past the second round. I mean, to me right now, Jamil, until proven otherwise, the Clippers are the Clippers. I mean, they 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 get these good teams or these decent teams, and you know. It, you know, whether you want to call them cursed or whatever bad juju you want to believe in or don't believe in or, you know, maybe I just sound like a like a Clipper hater because I'm a big Laker fan. But, you know, at the end of the day, you know, I, I just I just think that that coach of the year, because I, I feel like I'm getting off top, topic, but I feel like that coach of the year award is more like, you know, OK, who's got the best record or, you know, who what team did bad last year and what team did really good this year and. That's the way it goes. And I don't think Doc realistically was ever a for-sure candidate for that award. I think um, it's almost like, you know, we can go back to Mike D'Antoni. I mean, Mike D'Antoni was winning coach of the year while Phil Jackson was coaching up championship teams. I mean, to me, that's a joke, you know. But at the end of the day, that's what I I personally, that's what I think what coach of the year really means. Yeah, yeah. Well, nonetheless, Mike Budenholzer, Milwaukee Bucks, and if if that that fact is so, and we ain't fact checking right now. We could, but I'm lazy. If they weren't in the playoffs last year, and they were, you know, in the Easter Conference, you know, fighting for Easter Conference final, they were they in the final? Yeah, they were in the Eastern Conference final. That's quite a jump. That's quite a jump. And so I got to give them their props. But uh, I feel like you know you did have Giannis. And there was no Giannis in sight in Clipperland. So you were also playing in the East. You know, so, you know, there's argument to be made there. But I'll, I'll just digress and congratulate uh, Mike Budenholzer for, you know, his first Coach of the Year nomination. Shout to him. Uh, two. Six man of the year nominees, one winning. Lou Williams taking it home for like a third time. But Montrez Harrell also was the runner up for the six man of the year. Jonathan, how is some shit like this even possible? I was kind of surprised when I saw that. I was like, man, 
there's two of these, two of these are, two of these guys are on the same team. I mean, I, I kind of feel that it's on the same level that you were talking about, about, you know, I think it's more leaning towards what the weakness of the team really was. And, you know, and, and, you know, and, and that's where I really feel that that kind of where that kind of was going, because it just, it just didn't make sense. So, you know, so many other candidates in the NBA that probably could have potentially, but I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, Lou Williams is pretty, man, he's nice. I mean, I got, I mean, I mean, watching him when he was here with the Lakers and then looking at him still, you know, while he's with the Clippers, Ooh, I mean, there's I'd no, love to have him no, again, man. Yeah, He'd be nice with this team we got right now. Man, who are you telling? But, I mean, at the same time, though, I mean, I, I mean, I think he deserved, you know, sixth man of the year, but I, I, I just think that, you know, I, I think with these awards, I mean, I think the NBA, I mean, this, again, here I go going off topic, but I really feel like the NBA is really trying hard to compete with those NFL awards because they're 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 trying so hard to like really uh, establish themselves the way the NFL has that you know they gotta they gotta get a better system when it comes to selecting voting and you know just make it more widespread you know I mean make it a little bit more intriguing or you know put these awards in the middle of the of the uh, of the playoffs or you know or maybe before the NBA finals to make it a little bit more intriguing because. You know, if you're not making it intriguing and then you're doing some bogus stuff like this, like, you know, choosing, you know, obvious coaches of the year and, you know, you know, nominating two players on the same team. For, I don't know. I mean, it was just, I don't know. It was kind of boring, to be honest with you. And plus, we already knew most of these winners anyway. So it was like really no surprise. Yeah, that Clippers roster, man, you know, now that I think about it, I, I definitely um, and more in favor of Doc winning this 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 award because he's he's in the West and he just was literally fighting with Lou Williams, who's a career six man. You know, you know, I, I, I really feel like Doc should have had a better shot at that. But like I said, nonetheless, uh, two two six man nominees on the Clippers, Lou Williams taking it home. And everybody knew that was going to happen. So congratulations to you. Uh, one more that I thought was interesting was the MVP race. Now, look, I love to put people up on YouTube channels. My favorite YouTube channel is this YouTube channel that plays NBA games. It's about nine to ten minute clips, and it shows nothing but buckets from the teams. No free throws. Nothing but field goals. It's amazing. I love it. It's called Zemo Pierto. That's X-I-M-O-P-I-E-R-T-O. Nothing but buckets. So since I have been put up on game with Zemo, I was able to see the master, the masterful artistry that is James Harden. So when you're watching something that shows nothing but buckets, James Harden really pops off the screen, dude. Out of all the games you watch all year long, I watched every team nothing but buckets all year long. James Harden was the he was the dopest. You know, I mean, he was he was cold just watching them all year, just giving cats a six dribble between the leg, bam, 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 step back, water three, like nothing, um, cross, cross. 
cross anybody, go in the lane, drop the floater, left hand, unstoppable, you know, finish at the bucket, shoot nearly 90% at the line, shoot nearly, you know, the what they call the club, 50, 40, 90. You know, James Harden is one of those guys. But Giannis, Giannis Antetokounmpo, ended up taking home the NBA MVP. Look, no disrespect to Giannis. Fantastic season. And along with Budenholzer or whatever, you know, his name is, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, who's the coach of the year. You know, so he Giannis had the coach of the year and he the player of the year. Had a great season, man. No disrespect to that kid. And going into the NBA uh, semifinals and all that, I was saying the Bucks were going to win the NBA finals. That guy looked an unstoppable. But Nick Nurse, Kawhi Leonard, and the Toronto Raptors, like I said, they put up a goddamn wall that freaking Trump would be proud of. Really, we have people in Washington. I'm really rich. We have. They put up a wall that Trump would be proud of on Giannis Antetokounmpo and just shut him down. And his game became really limited in in the front of everybody. You know, it was like, damn, if, if he can't just go to the hole with reckless abandon, he kind of look a little regular, you know, a little something. It ain't nothing fantastic about him. He couldn't shoot the jumper. He looked it really limited, and he looked it really regular. Whoa, 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 regular, regular, regular. Nonetheless, my guy for the MVP, averaging the most since Michael Jordan in 88. 36 points per game. <laughs> That's heavy, more than Kobe in 06. James Harden. That was my guy for the season. When Chris Paul was hurt, James James did his thing. But Jonathan, what you got? What what do you think about it, man? Are you totally satisfied with Anton Cooper taking it home? I mean, I I I was good. I I always thought that Giannis deserved the MVP. Only see, Jimmy, my my problem with the whole James Harden situ- situation is that don't get me wrong. I love watching James Harden. I mean, I think he's probably the best offensive threat you see in the NBA today. But the thing the thing that I have a problem with is that some of us just fall in love too much with the flash. I mean, he's flashy. I mean, he's, you know, he 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 lit he lights up the highlight reel. I mean, because one of the things why Giannis, Giannis to me is more of a complete player. You know, when you look at, you know, uh, rebounds, uh, rebounds per game, uh, blocks per game. I mean, his defensive efficiency. He was a runner-up for defensive player per. He was a yeah. runner-up for defensive player of the year. Yeah, you know that's that's the exact other point that I was going to bring up right now. I mean, he was he was up for the two major uh, awards. You know, when it comes to defense and, and and offense, and I think personally, I mean, I think Giannis was the complete package. I mean, yeah, I mean, you're talking about James Harden averaging, you know, uh, 36 points per game. I mean, but Giannis didn't do too bad. I mean, you think about 27 points per game, and then he's also a de- defensive threat. I mean, 
it's, it's, I mean, to me, it was a no-brainer that Giannis was going to be the MVP based on the fact that James Harden doesn't play any defense. And, you know, and I know we're going to get into this a little bit later, but going into what the Houston Rockets are trying to do with the whole sign-and-trade with Jimmy Butler and, and all this, I mean, the main reason why they're doing that, JP, is because James Harden plays, doesn't play squad of defense. They need defensive players on that team because James Harden does not play defense. You see him take those plays off. How are you going to tell me that this guy's a, a, a full-on MVP or a for sure fire MVP when, I mean, at least LeBron James can say, you know what, I take defensive uh, assignments off because I've been in the league 17 years and I got a lot of wear and tear on my legs. I'm not saying that James Harden doesn't have wear and tear, but he doesn't have the wear and tear that LeBron has. He didn't have the wear and tear that Kobe had, you know, or had at the time that he was playing. And to me, it's just the fact that he doesn't play defense pretty much for me. I was like, I, I, you know, I'm not saying that I hope he didn't get the MVP, but I'm just saying, like, I think uh, Giannis was more of deserving of that MVP award because he completes the whole facets, all facets of the game, offense, defense, you know, uh, you know, rebounds, blocks, points. I mean, he's a playmaker, man. He's a playmaker, you know, and, and that's where I am when it comes to the MVP. So I was really good with Giannis winning the MVP. Okay. Yeah, fair enough. And I, I can't argue that. And, you know, the the fact that he's a runner-up for defensive player of the year and what the exertion that guy puts out on defense, chasing guys down, blocking shots, I'm sure his steals, blocks, his whole defense's efficiency rating, all that stuff is off the chart in comparison to James Harden. So I'll digress. I'll digress. But I'll tell you, you know, James Harden this year, man, you, you got to, I think, to feel me, you got to follow this channel. Like I said, the most in Mike in 88 when Mike was nasty, the nastiest Mike you've seen, and – 36 points per game, man, that, that's nasty. This day, to this day, to this day. But now it's time to get to the shits. Now, Jonathan, can you get your music ready that you that you had prepared, your Bob the Builder? Because we about to get to the shits. And let me preview, let me preview some of this. Because we're going to talk some of this NBA free agency, guys. So what we're about to get into is NBA free agencies. The business is done. Now it's time to get to the shits. You see, Jonathan, me and him have a fundamental disagreement on what's happened here with the Lakers. Jonathan here seems to give a lot of the credit to the recent success of the Lakers to Rob Palenka. And the exile of Magic Johnson. Magic Johnson not being there is addition by subtraction. I have a disagreement. We're going to talk some of this NBA free agency. Jonathan, I want you to cue up your music. I'm going to prep. Now, I don't know, man. We can just get straight into it. Now, what I want to do is play what I think is your sentiment here. I don't think any of the success 
thus far, key, quote, thus far, unquote, has anything to do with Rob Palenka. But there are people out there who I think feel like you do. And I think that's very interesting. And the type of people that feel like you do are seem to be people that I don't like for some reason. Listen to this guy. You'll know the voice when you hear him. And he's echoing your sentiments. What we're talking about is whether the Lakers acquiring Anthony Davis and having this cap space and all the the positive things happening in the Lakers franchise is attributed to Rob Polinka. Jonathan, you got that music ready? Now, he's playing that because he feels like Rob Palinka's building, rebuilding the disaster that Magic Johnson left behind. I told him that goddamn shit is blasphemy. He ought to move out of Los Angeles County and move down to Newport Beach with Kobe. But <laughs> Blasphemy. We got blasphemy. Blasphemy, man. That is blasphemy. But look, you know, on the heavy end of the dish, everybody gets to speak their piece. And there are people who feel like Jonathan does. Let's listen. Rob Polinka was uh, not just maligned. He was made fun of. He was called a moron. It was said that he didn't know what he's doing. I want to be clear about something very quickly. I'm not giving him the entire credit for finding $32 million in cap space for the Lakers yesterday. Obviously, a ton goes to clutch sports. Obviously, a ton goes to LeBron James. But when the trade for Anthony Davis was made... There was an assumption that Rob Polinka had put the Lakers behind the eight ball. They wouldn't get a max free agent. And in that time, in that week and a half, we have seen several moves made now where the Lakers are in contention that we're having a serious discussion. Stephen A. Smith is out here saying Kawhi Leonard is now seriously considering the Lakers. We need to give Polinka the credit, and I believe with our initial reaction, some apologies. Uh, no. Jonathan. Talk about it, man, because you got Bob the Builder music going on. You didn't. Jonathan told me today he's gonna come on here and, and, and cook me. He, he's gonna come. He got he got work for me. He said he had smoke for me. You know, I'm like I'm heavy-handed, Jay. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I'm the god of this. You know, I said free smoke, free smoke, hey, free smoke, free smoke, free smoke, free smoke, hey. I told him I'm the god of this shit. You know what this man said to me? This man said, <laughs> this was some of the coldest <laughs> shit I ever seen. <laughs> I couldn't even respond. Very, very rarely am I left speechless. But I told him, I'm, <laughs> I'm the god of this here trash talking and sports talk shit. I'm the god of this. This man told me. <laughs> Something to the point where you know what made people stop believing in God is when they seen God bleed. And I said, well, goddamn, you own one today. I'm going to leave you alone. So, Jonathan, what talk about it, bro. I mean, why do you feel 
Rob Palinka is, is, is building this thing. Why do you feel Magic Johnson is addition by subtraction? Talk about it. Tell us about it, man. Now we just heard Will Kane. Uh, let, let me just let me just put emphasis on that. What you just heard was Will Kane. Now for those of us who right. are tuned in ESPN and all that, uh, you can get you know, under your culture, skin. In the culture, you can get under your we, skin. We don't like Will Kane in the culture. You know now, now the, Jonathan, he's a, he he's taken the 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 route. Where he's given the franchises, the physicians, the benefit of the doubt. Also, his his sentiment in what's happening in the Laker franchise is in line with Will Kane and Rob Palinka. I just want to point that out. Jonathan, tell us about it. Well, I mean, for for me, um, I mean, for everyone that's listening, you know, I'm I'm not that much younger than than JP. You know, I'm not that much younger than you. You're 37. I'm 36. I'm about to be 37. So, you know, what you remember about magic is what I remember about magic, you know, bringing the five titles, the smiles, he's the, him and Larry, you know, without even wanting to, we're ambassadors of the game. And I feel that right now, that's exactly what people still look at. They still, they, they, they seem to not be able to separate magic Johnson the Laker that brought five titles, that was in Showtime, that fought against, you know, Larry Bird and the Celtics and all that, and Magic Johnson, the executive. I mean, to be quite honest with you, I mean, Magic Johnson, the executive, I mean, I I guess, you know what, at the end of the day, Magic Johnson, for me, the way he exited was, was really, I mean, I mean, if you love an organization that much, I mean, I've seen people walk away from organizations, you know, you know, you got your, you know, Jimmy Johnson with Jerry Jones and, you know, you know, ex- examples like that, you know, and I don't remember Jimmy Johnson burning the Dallas Cowboys like that, burning those bridges, you know, burning that organization down, calling out Jerry. He may have did it later, you know, but at the time, you know, he didn't do it because he knew that. You know, there was players there that he loved. There was players there that he, he still cared about. And Ma- Magic just torched us. He torched us. A guy that, True. you know, my father, True. you know, a, a, a guy that my father said that, you know, that was that's my guy. My dad always, you know, I remember when Kobe and Shaq were doing their, their runs in the, in, the, in the late 90s. He's all like, he would always be talking crap to me saying, he goes, my Showtime Lakers would have waxed those Utah Jazz. My Lakers would have, you know, you know, my dad always refers to the Showtime as his Lakers, you know, and, and, you know, and, and that's, the, and that's the thing is that people are still so in love with magic and what he used to do that they're blinded by what he just did. And, you know, for me, I mean, JP, Magic Johnson, he did a lot of good as a, as a VP. I mean, he brought in probably the biggest superstar, that we that we probably I mean outside of Shaq that we probably have ever signed, I mean he got rid of those stupid contracts. I mean could you I mean just thinking about that, Jamil, think about that. Luau Dang and Timothy Timothy Mozgov would have still been under contract, and Magic got rid of those contracts. I mean yeah he got rid of D'Angelo Russell, but you know you got to give you know you, you you can't have your cake and eat it too. You know you got to. 
wheel and deal and you know in professional sports i mean he did good but at the end of the day think about this i mean who were these nba executives going after when it came to tampering i mean the sixers went after magic the pacers went after magic uh i mean who else i mean the uh uh the bucks try to go after the lakers you know try to go after magic specifically with tampering charges because this guy won't shut up he won't shut up he can't he himself can't differentiate Magic Johnson, the personality, versus Magic Johnson, VP, executive, NBA operations for the Lakers. He couldn't differentiate. This is where I go back to the argument that I had before, that I really do believe that Magic Johnson didn't really think through what he was getting himself into when he took his VP job. I mean, I mean think about it like this. I mean, everybody's. I mean, I, I would really want everybody to just think about it like this. The Los Angeles Clippers right now, uh, they're a team that if you plug in a healthy Kevin Durant or you plug in a healthy Kawhi Leonard, Doc Rivers could do some damage with that team because that's a team that's already built, that's on the cusp of being something great because just with the way they're constructed, they're able to make the playoffs. They were able to do some noise, like you said, right? They challenged the Golden State Warriors, that they needed Kevin Durant at his best because, you know, the Lakers were not that when Magic Johnson took over. When Magic Johnson took over, we were in the gutter for four years. We were in the gutter for four years already. And you know what? This team needed somebody to work, to put a team together, and he didn't. And then on top of that, on top of him not doing it, he abandons ship, and not only does he abandon ship, he burns it. He he lit. I mean, everybody three weeks ago were talking about how do the Lakers recover from Magic Johnson torching? Are people going to want to come to the Lakers knowing that there's a snake named Rob Palinka there, that Jeannie Buss doesn't know what she's doing, that Linda Rambis and you know whoever is telling her what to do? There's dysfunction. I mean, he literally burned our organization down to the ground or try to at least but the lakers being the lakers you know 16 nba championships hall of famer after hall of famer you know credibility after credibility you know a move here and a move there that whether you want to give credit all the way to clutch sports which which you should but at the same time all this was rob palinkas to screw up and he didn't He got a deal done that Magic couldn't get done at the trade deadline last year or this year. He couldn't get the deal done. Why? Because people may or may not. Now, this isn't confirmed. This is just what I think. This is Now, this piece right here is what Jonathan thinks. They probably didn't want to deal with Magic. They're like, screw you. You know, you're tampering. You know, you're trying to, like, you know, smile your way through things. And look. David Griffin made the deal with Rob Polinka. Whether you want to call him a snake or not, he got the deal done. And now it went from Kawhi Leonard would never consider the Lakers to now he wants to have conversations with the Lakers. I don't know. I mean, I'm like that guy on Twitter or on Instagram that has the desk right here. Rob Polinka is, 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 a better, is a better GM than Magic Johnson. Prove me wrong. I'm, I mean, hey, you know, fair enough, fair enough, you know, and that's where you and I have a crossroad. Uh, I believe up until this point, 
No, nothing belongs to Rob Palinka. Nothing goes in the department of Rob Palinka making it happen. I believe everything that's happened so far was going to happen whether Magic or Rob Palinka was there. Either way it goes. And that's where you and I have a fundamental disagreement. Now, I played Will Kane, who has the same sentiment as you. Let's play my man, I think everybody's man, one of the coolest white men out there, you know, one of the coolest, you know, the down is white boys. You know, we always like our good down white boys, you know what I mean? Max. Uh, let's play Max. Now, Max has something to say on the topic, and this was kind of more in line with my sentiment. You're a little, you're, you're, you're a little bit early. If Palinka lands a max free agent who's like an MVP type, like if you give Kemba Walker a max contract, I don't necessarily think that's a good idea for the Lakers. If they get Kawhi Leonard or let's say Kyrie Irving or maybe even Jimmy Butler, okay, okay, Palinka. You're right. In that case, he's owed an apology by people like me. But so far, what I've seen happen, the only difference is Magic's out of town. Because anyone, like the reason they couldn't get AD when they first tried is they didn't have the fourth pick in the draft. The only thing that changed is they got the fourth pick in the draft. Magic would have made the same trade. Okay, now Clutch Sports helps arrange it so they also have cap space. Here's another thing I don't like. LeBron doesn't have his coach. You have a weird coaching situation where you have a guy coming in who looks like a lame duck because Jason Kidd's underneath him. Clutch Sports, it was an inside job. All you had to do was don't botch the inside job. And so far, they've kind of botched the inside job. LeBron doesn't have his coach. There seems to be an issue there. If they get Kawhi or Kyrie, then the apologies are owed, but not before then. That's all I'm saying. This AD trade has nothing to do with Rod Palinka. Rob, I like to call him Rod Palinka just to disrespect him. But that that AD trade going through is purely attributed to LeBron, Rich Paul, and that and that connection. That has nothing to do. The even the the, the salary cap, the space. We need, you know who needs to be getting the GM of the year? LeBron James. Because this is all LeBron. You know where that difference in money is coming from? Anthony Davis is going to be on Space Jam too. I bet you that. And that's where they're like, yo, this is where Rich Paul, who's both of their agents, is like, look, AD, don't even trip. LeBron's going to give you your number when you get here. LeBron gave him number 23, y'all. Um, yep. And, and and that difference in that four million dollars you're just leaving on the table, don't even. Now trip. I gotta go get a number six jersey. Oh no problem, Lance <laughs> Stevenson will give that up, you know. But so AD, I'll say, I gotta go get a, a LeBron number six jersey. Oh yeah, yeah. But AD, don't even trip because we'll just put you in Space Jam two and give you ten mil there, and I already got you signed up for this, that, and the other when you come to LA. So we we talk in business here. If anybody deserves to be the executive of the year, it's LeBron the King James. And that ain't no damn lie. LeBron needs to be the damn executive of the freaking year if anybody needs to be the executive of the year. To this day! To this day! 
Okay. I mean, I, I mean, I, I can, I can roll with that. But here's, here's, here's let's let's do a little history. You know, let's go back. You know, through the years. You know, would you say that Pat Riley is a great executive, or is a great uh, VP of basketball operations? Would you say that he's somebody that can uh, influence confidence in your franchise? That 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 you know embodies you know you know what I'm gonna go play for Pat Riley. Would you would you agree with that? Yes. Okay. Well, I mean, I say that LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, and Chris Bosh just said, you know what? Let's just go to South Beach. What did I have to do with Pat Riley? Ah, uh, no. I mean, uh, well, okay, okay. No, I mean, let's let's keep going. Let's keep going a little bit further. Okay. Pau Gasol. Pau Gasol. Was that Mitch Kupchak or was that Jerry West hooking him up as a favor? Jerry West. Because remember, okay. So, okay, and then let's go back even, let's go back to 1996. Shaquille O'Neal. I remember reading every single tabloid coming out of Orlando, coming out of New York, and in here on the L.A. Times saying that it was a slam dunk that Shaquille O'Neal was coming to Los Angeles because he wanted to come here and, put, and make movies. Now, here, mm-hmm. hear me out on this. I'm not disrespecting Jerry West, but at the same time, that was the biggest signing that Jerry West did at that time. Because remember, he inherited Kareem, Magic, James Worthy, he inherited all those players. All those players he inherited. You know, all that yeah. we talk about, you know, you know, we we talk about, you know, remember, the Lakers have always historically picked coaches, general managers, VPs of basketball operations, kind of the way they picked Rob Palinka, kind of like the way they brought in, you know, Magic. You know, I mean, who was Pat Riley before he was Pat Riley? He was an announcer. He was sitting next to Chick Hearn. Who the hell was Jerry West other than, you know, the, the guy that delivered a championship to the Los Angeles Lakers? I remember, I remember, you know, someone had told me that, you know, to pull up articles from the L.A. Times during the early 80s to see how they would bash Jerry West, to see, like, who is this guy? What the hell can he do? What the hell this, this, and that? I think, Jamil, that sentiment of what you're saying, that you can't, you got to give all the credit to, I think, you could go back through history and just label almost every big deal that's been in the NBA and attribute it to somebody else. And at the end of the day, it's up to these general managers and it's up to these VPs of basketball operations. Basically what Max Kellerman said was it's up to them not to screw it up. And you know what? Yeah. You know, he got the number four pick and that changed everything. But at the same time, he got the deal done. He didn't screw it up. He's getting, he's making the moves that he needs to make in order to put the Lakers. And, and, you know, and I think you and I went back and forth on it a little bit. Not too much, but, you know, I'm all about, you know, the Lakers getting AD uh, and Kawhi Leonard. And you know what? Just stuff them with a bunch of D-League players, and I bet you they'll still win the championship. But you know what? A lot of people think differently. A lot of, like, when I went to ESPN LA at the bar today, uh, Everybody, you know, there was two different sides to, you know, people had different opinions. People said, nah, 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 they got all that cap space that they got. They got to use it for, you know, your, uh, your Danny Greens. You got to use it on your J.J. Reddick. You got to use it on your, uh, you know, all these other players that, you know, put a team around them. 
you know, and you know, it all depends on what your flavor is. But at the end of the day, this guy, this this guy has put the Lakers in position to make these big moves. At the end of the day, what I want is an opportunity. Now, whether they sign or not, that's a completely different conversation. And to me, I mean, excuse my French, but to me, it's a no shit Sherlock. Of course, if he signs Kawhi Leonard, of course, it's a big deal. But at the end yeah. of the day, you know, he's put. I mean, for, for, uh, you know, for me, it's it's more of like. What has he done since the day that Magic said, I'm out? I mean, Nothing. he's pretty much, I mean, I think, I mean, he's pretty much just took in all the punches that all of it, everybody in the media is giving him. And, you know, he's, he's just working. He's just working. It's just what he's doing. And, you know, and and, you like and, Rob you know and, why do you like Rob Palenka so goddamn much? Why? He has look, no he, track uh, record. Jonathan, he has no neither, track record. Either. When okay, you're you're going back to my same point, Jamil. Who was Jerry West? Who was Pat Riley? He was he was who in were they? He was the Michael who Jordan of the 1960s. Who at least Bob that. Myers? Who who was Bob Myers? Bob Myers is the people put Bob Myers on a pedestal, and who was he before he built that team? He was the same thing as Rob Palinka, an agent. An agent. Okay. Fair enough. Fair. Okay, but why? Okay. I mean, look. Why? This, why? This, Are you just being an outlier and saying let's just give him a benefit of the doubt? He might turn into Bob Myers. I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, look at look. Why? I mean, look. Yeah. I thought. I mean, you could go. You could go back to the podcast that we had earlier. I. Mm-hmm. I mean, I always thought that both him and Magic were doing a crap job, anyways. Yeah. But you know what? But the minute that Magic burned the ship down. I mean, yeah, Magic kind of pushed me on Rob Palenka's side. I'm, I'm being real with you now. Now this is oh. real. This has nothing to do. I mean, Magic, look, Magic, look, I, I, I'm you don't with like you. Magic I mean, I, I, I don't like the break. I, I, I don't. I didn't like it, Jeremy. I didn't like the way he. I feel, you know, as a Lakers fan. I mean, because I'm, I mean, I'm just as invested as anybody else, Jeremy. I mean, I got my. Jerry West jersey. I got my Magic Johnson jersey. I got a bunch of Kobe jerseys because Kobe's my guy. But you know, I mean, I mean, I haven't bought a pair of Jordans, you know, in forever. You know, I buy nothing but Kobe shoes. I mean, I'm invested in this team, and you know, and I feel that he burned. He tried to burn our franchise to the ground to save his face. That I mean, at the end, I mean, and I've told you this before. I've told you this before that I feel that all he wanted to do was save face. And you know what? And it's funny too because you know Genie Bus is like looking at him like whatever. I'm like, okay. You saw, you heard that shade that he threw on him when she was interviewing briefly with Arash Markazi during the NBA uh, award ceremony on the red carpet. You know, she threw a little bit of shade at him. She told like, you know, I, you know, well, you know, you never know with Magic Johnson. You know, you never know what yeah. he's gonna say. Yes, she you know, sure did. Uh, you know, I, I wish, I wish he would have given me a little bit of a notice. I mean, yeah. I mean, JP. I mean, that I feel like Magic did his shit. Though. That shit was shady. I don't like that shit for sure, bro. I liked it. I'm glad you threw like shade because he threw us a lot of shade. <laughs> he threw he threw more shade on us than that woman will ever throw shade on him. He oh, threw shade on the Lakers like it was. He he threw no Magic threw shade on the Lakers. I mean, all he had to do was if he didn't like it, all he had to bro. do was just walk away. All he had to do was just yeah. walk away. Yeah, but no, yeah, you he know. had to, you know, he had to, he had to go on all these radio shows. And you know what? At the end of the day, that's exactly why I'm on Palinka's side, because you know what? 
it is what it is. He's the general manager of the Lakers. He sure as hell ain't going anywhere because Jeannie Buss made that emphatically clear on the red carpet. Rob's the guy. So at the at that point, what are we gonna do? You know, I mean, I, I mean, it's the same thing when people were talking about LeBron James. Like, should we trade him now that he's this? Should we do this? Should we do that? I mean, people are gonna talk. You know, however it is, they're gonna talk until. This guy, he's only been the actual decision maker for about a month and a half. I mean, I mean, after Sunday, then we're going to see what he's made of. And then, you know, at the end of the day, if he doesn't deliver and he botches this thing up, he screws it up, then, you know, I'm going to want to crucify him just like anybody else. But at this point right now, he hasn't done anything to prove the contrary. He's freed up the cap space. AD is a Laker. And, you know, and so far right now, just with AD and LeBron, Vegas has picked the Lakers as the favorite to win the Western Conference. Yeah. I mean, obviously that that that's got some. Obviously that has a little bit of help with the fact that KD and Clay are injured. But who cares? I mean, who cares? Yeah. I mean, they're injured. I mean, it sucks, but who cares? You know, I mean, that's good for the Lakers. That means that we have the Lakers as a franchise have the opportunity to be back. As Magic said a year ago, to be back, 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 you know. Yeah. And and at the end of it, I mean, I would have loved it for for Magic to have done this. And it kind of seems like had he been here, this would have still transpired regardless. But he decided not to. He decided to light a torch on the franchise, and this is where we're at. So I think we've came to an agreement here, but we both had to digress some. So where I've had to digress is that I do have to agree that Magic did try to throw gasoline and throw a match on the franchise on his way out while he was exiting. He did. And that's distasteful. But look, man, I'm not willing to not fuck with Magic because of that for some reason. Okay? I'm a bad person. And I probably should be more like you, I think. But I have an allegiance to Magic. I, 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 and I think there's a lot of people like me that, you know, I, look, I have an allegiance to Magic Man, and that's just how it is. And, but, and I don't give a fuck. And, and that's cool. You know, it was, it was the same thing when it came to Kobe and Shaq. Remember when they broke up in 2004? Everybody was saying, you know, F Kobe. I'm a Shaq guy. We're never, this guy, Kobe's never going to win championships. And look, the guy went to three straight finals and won two chips. Yep. I mean, well, I mean, look, I mean, I get it. But I mean, at the end of the day, you know, for me, me as, as Jonathan, you know, as an individual, I'm a Laker. Yeah. I'm a yeah. Laker. I mean, and I'm that, that's it for me right there. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm still going to rock my Magic jersey. I mean, I'm not going to tell you I'm not because I'm still, you know, going to. I still remember what he did, and I mean, I mean, and I'm not, and I'm not saying that I, I mean, because I, you know, I think me and you have talked about these documentaries, man. I love watching those documentaries about what him and Larry did, what the Showtime Lakers did, what they went through, you know, and all that, you know. Mm-hmm. But I kind of feel like I'm the type of guy that has the perspective that I can separate who Magic was as a Laker and who he was as who he is or who he was as an executive. And I personally don't like the executive Magic. I don't. I'm cool with Magic the Laker. I'm cool with Magic the the the, the Showtime Laker, but I'm I don't know. I didn't like this this that charm that charm did not win me over. 
That, I mean, he couldn't smile his way out of what he did. And all these tweets that he's putting out, congratulations, Rob Palinka and Jeannie Buss for landing Anthony Davis. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. I don't give a fuck. Go run your business. Hey, man. Leave the I'm Lakers emotional. alone. Leave the Lakers alone. I'm emotional. And I fucks with magic damn near till the end. Yeah, and look, I'm a black dude, and you already know how we fucked with OJ, no matter what. So you you can't really re- you can't rely on us to stop fucking with something once we fuck with it. So I digress at that point. But I think where you have to digress is that I think Rob Palinka's grading period starts now. A lot yeah. of what no, happened. I'm with you. A lot of what's happened would have already happened. Now, look, we got some some late family joining. I'm gonna bring him in so he can get in on this. I know he want to uh, definitely get on on this. Let me do. Let me bring him in. How he' supposed to come in? Yo, 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 Welcome to Atlanta where the players play And we ride on them things like every day Big beats hit streets, see gangsters roaming And parties don't stop till 8 in the morning Welcome to Atlanta where the players play And we ride on them things like every day Big beats hit streets, see gangsters roaming uh-huh. And parties don't stop yeah. till 8 uh-huh. in the morning OG, what's good with it? How you doing, my man? What's up, Notch? Hey, man, man. I'm good. How y'all, man? Man, we good. What up, Bobby? Look, Notch. So what we talking about, man? We we ran down tonight. We had uh, Andre Iguodala kind of coming out talking about he feels like there was a some a misdiagnosis or a, a misreport, some misreporting going on with his diagnosis last year about a bone bruise that he says was a bone fracture. We had, um, you know, the NBA awards go down. We had Doc not winning the coach of the year, which I felt he should have won. We had the coach of uh, Milwaukee Bucks winning it. We had Giannis winning the MVP. I felt Harden should have won it. And uh, right now we're talking about the NBA free agency, and we're talking about how much credit Rob Palinka deserves at this point, you know, um, and whether – the, the, has has magic been in addition by subtraction? So jump in, my bro. Like wherever you want to jump in with that and weigh in on it. Yeah, uh, I mean, if we want to give Rob Palinka credit for that, I guess go ahead. But honestly, uh, whoever name was on that GM door, uh, that was the deal that was going to be done. Uh, this is more clutch and friendships between LeBron and AD and all these people who wanted this to happen uh, than anything. This is you know, players having more power than they used to have and them being able to fully <laughs> realize that. But, you know, Palink is the guy who, who signed the check. So if we want to, you know, or sign the deal, maybe go, we want to do that. I guess we could do that. But, no, I don't look at Rob Palink as, you know, anything substantial as far as that deal was concerned. Uh, this was already baked into the cake. That's why he was willing to turn decline that $4 million kicker. Uh, Braun... <laughs> And Bron, AD, and, you know, the boy, uh, the real power uh, within the Lakers organization right now. Uh, I think they've discussed this many times, man. And it was just about getting the getting the I's dotted and the T's crossed, man. So, no, no, no love for the Lakers. Rich Paul. Yeah. 
that's the man right now. I think Braun may be the GM of the year, but Nodge, I want you to weigh in, man, and this is going back for us at this point, but I do want to get your opinion on Andre Iguodala going up to the Breakfast Club and saying that Golden State last year reported that he had a bone bruise when, in fact, it was a bone fracture, and that's kind of seconding the the um, notion of what's happened to Kevin Durant. And do we think this is just a continued malpractice or bad practitioners, bad you know, bad um, physician practices lining up with the interests of the franchises here and not having the, the players' interests as their priority. What do you think about this whole thing with Andre Iguodala? Well, well, team physician is already oxymoron. They work for the team. Uh, they're going to act in the team's interest at all times, uh, regardless of everything everybody says. Like, we all know this. This is kind of the way it's always been. And honestly, I, I wouldn't even look at this as some kind of moral thing where we bang on Golden State. You look across sports and you'll see similar things. Uh, Andre Iguodala is a made man. Uh, he's an old vet, won chips, has his bread. Remember the Kobe years when Kobe started doing interviews and we started getting real Kobe, like how he really felt? Well, that, that's, that's, that's where Iguodala is now. He's a made man. So he went out there and publicly said what he said. And the majority of it, I agree with. Uh, I think there's no question that Kevin Durant's injury was not some kind of calf strain. It was something way more substantial, and there was a lot of risk involved in them bringing him back. But, again, if you're a team physician and you're the team, your interest is what? Getting Durant back out there so you can try to win a chip. So you can kind of see how these things go, and you can kind of, you know, athletes, and the, the, the pressure of being there for your teammates, the pressure of this is a once-in-a-lifetime, you know, chance to win another chip. Like, you can see how he can be kind of easily led into it. But that kind of goes into his makeup. Uh, Durant is more of a people pleaser. Uh, Kawhi would have told them, the hell with y'all, I ain't playing, as he did to San Antonio. So, so it's, it's also a personal thing, too. Durant, sensitive enough to set up burner Twitter account, he's the type of guy who would fall for that stuff. So are these are these physicians on these staffs telling these dudes, look, hey no, bro, you 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 good. You you'll make it. It can't get any worse than it could could get already. Are they telling them that knowing that they have the present potential of, you know, further injuring themselves? Well well, see that's where they kind of get away with everything because there's gray areas there. As far as medical science is along. Nobody can say straight up and down, like, yeah, if you do play, there's a 70% risk of injury. Or if you don't play, nothing happens. Uh, Because, honestly, there's bad advice given to players all of the time, and it works out, and we never, you know, we never hear about it because the player was able to play, nothing happened, no incident, not a big deal. But when it goes bad, then you start looking at the process, and you're like, okay, what the hell happened here? But, again, team position. Who signs his check? Yeah, yeah, pretty much, man. And uh, you, you, you had any thoughts on the MVP? You had Giannis taking it. I personally had Harden, bro. Who'd you have for it? Well, I had Giannis, man. He, he had a really good year, man. That that breakout season that he had, I, I can respect Giannis getting MVP. I, 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 I wasn't either way on it, but you know, Harden did carry that team for a big part of the season. 
when CP3 and all of them were out. So I, I can 36 understand. 36 points per game. Harden. 36 right, but, a game but watching now. Them two, right, but watching them two play this year, uh, Giannis just did so much more on the court. Harden kind of turned it into a specialized scoring thing to where he wouldn't do anything else. Uh, he, he looked for every loophole. So I, I'm just, I just wasn't a big fan of how he played this year. Uh, as far as coach of the year, Doc should have got it. I think sometimes they try to reward organizations for having a good season, and they start just giving out the awards uh, to them. When, honestly, what Doc did this year, he, he was deserving of it. And I'm not a big Doc guy, but he's deserving of it this year. Yeah. You had two Clippers players as nominees for the sixth man of the year and Lou Williams taking it home. You have Montrez Herald as a nominee also. So I was like, I don't know if that's ever happened where you have arguably your two best players on the team as nominees for the sixth man of the year. So very interesting dynamics on that Clipper team, man. Um, If Kawhi Leonard were to go there, I don't know if that makes them potential NBA champions. I'd be surprised to see where the odds fall then. But as for now, Lakers are favored. Uh, Notch, I, you ain't you ain't dropped through in a while, man. So what do you think about this, Anthony Davis? Fill us in on how you feel about this whole Laker thing going on. Yeah, I mean, I've been telling people from day one, as, as bad as it was for the young guys that had those trade rumors out there, when it's Anthony Davis, hey, man, you got to deal with it. So, yeah, this is what they should have done. This is who they should go after. Uh, the one thing I don't like is the idea of them getting another max guy. I think they should fill out the roster, get some depth, so they don't end up like Golden State did this year where you're kind of running on fumes and then people start breaking down. But this is going to be similar to the Garnett trade where people forget how good a guy is. In the last few years of Minnesota, people forgot that Garnett was an all-time great and then he goes to Boston and everything changes. When Anthony goes to the Lakers, if he's healthy this year, I think LeBron will try to force feed him into an MVP. And he's going to be dominant on both ends of the court. There's not anything, there's nothing he can't do on the court. Like Anthony Davis is that damn good. So to get him and keep Kuzma to play the stretch four, to give him a little room to operate, yeah, Lakers are the favorites. Look, the Vegas moved the line. It was 12 to 1. The weekend before the trade, before the trade went through, Vegas moved the line to four to one because they knew Lakers fans were about to try to pound the hell out of that those odds and make some money. So Vegas always knows. So that's why the odds move. Mm. And you feeling like the Lakers are favored personally? Do you feel that way? Well, it depends on what they do now, how they fill out this roster because they could easily get a max player and it end up to where LeBron, AD, and that max player have to play too many minutes, and it hurts them, or they could go the correct route and fill out that roster with shooters, 3 and D guys, a couple backup people who can spell, you know, steal some minutes. If they do that, I think they could they could possibly try and go for, you know, a back-to-back. Like, this, they're going to be really, really good, man. Oh, I like that. I like that. Uh, you know, I got a lot you know, of other homies. They out here hating on you know, us now. I, you know, here, here's the thing with that is that I, I, I agree. With, I mean, I, I understand the part of uh, filling up the roster, but 
if they have that meeting with Kawhi and he says, I want to be a Laker, I don't know how you say no to that. Yeah, sure. Like, once you once you send the offer, it's a wrap. Like, if he takes it, then you got to figure it out later. I, I, I'm just saying, just for what we saw this year, man, like like I told people before, the NBA may have been more physical years, of, years ago, but now the NBA is a leg game. It's running up and down the court for 82 days a season, and you start to break down your knees, your legs, ligaments, all those things break down in different ways. So it's not physical in the Charles Oakley sense, but this game today is that is so fast-paced where you're always, you know, you're jumping out on pick and rolls, you're helping, you're recovering, you're running back, you're trying to leak out on the break, uh, you're trying to stop the corner three, you're closing out on three-point shooting. That is a lot of movement, man. And Golden State found out the hard way. You cannot just throw minutes at everybody and expect them to be the same in June. So we have this new term in the game, load management. Now, let's just say hypothetically if the Lakers were to get Kawhi Leonard. Man, I mean, we I don't give a damn who else you plug in as the other two. I feel like we'd have the, the best starting five in the NBA. I don't give a damn if you plug yeah. in Smush Parker and whoever else you want to put there and Chris Mim. Um, that's the best <laughs> starting five in the NBA. But you got to have something. LeBron's going into year 17. Anthony Davis, you know, he ain't been able to stay out the trainer's room. Kawhi has basically started this movement of load management. How do we do that, man? I don't think that's the way to go. But, I mean, like you're saying, you can't turn down a Kawhi saying yes. I, I mean, I mean, you got you got three superstars. I mean, at this point right now, I mean, if, if Vegas has uh, the, uh, LeBron, just LeBron and AD and Kuzma winning the title without without a Kawhi or a Kyrie, or let's, for the sake of the argument, let's just stick with Kawhi. Um, if it's just them two already already favored to win a championship, and you add Kawhi, then you know you play twenty games, Kawhi and AD, and then you sit LeBron for twenty games, and then he comes back for twenty, then you sit Kawhi for twenty, and then you got to flip flop him like that. I mean, I'm sure that in eighty two games you could get by with just either. LeBron, AD, LeBron, Kawhi, or AD and Kawhi. I'm pretty sure something like that will work. I mean, if we're talking about something as the way uh, uh-huh. JP said, I mean, throwing Smush Parker and whoever out there, then that alter that that altering will, you know, that that alternation will will work. I mean, it'll work. I mean, I, I just don't yeah, see how, let, you know, like you don't I have said, to play all three of them at the same time. As, let, as long as everything goes right, yeah. But just think about the conversation we were having before the season where we said, man, Golden State's rolling out five all-stars. Boogie's going to come back in January. They're going to be so good, nobody's going to be able to do anything with them. And what we find out, they spent so much of the cap on those fives, they didn't have anything on the bench. Those guys had no. to play way too many minutes, and it came back to haunt them in career-threatening ways. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, yeah you're right. Yeah, you're right on that. Right. Yeah, we had to rush Boogie back a little bit. We had to overplay Durant. And I think Nods bring up something that nobody's brought up yet that's brilliant, is that how much the game has changed. And I think that these closeouts and he's coming off the pick and and all the um, – that, that puts all kind of different stress on your ligaments where you have to, like – it's very aerobic now. The game's very aerobic. So 
and that's why you probably seeing a rise an increase in like these lower ligament injuries but I don't know man I, I just feel like LeBron going into year 17 Kawhi kind of being the curator of load management AD uh, we still ain't sure if he's going to be able to play a full season healthy especially at you know a high veracity which is going to be required here because LeBron we know is going to need his rest Kawhi, I think he's going to demand his. We're going to need AD to, like, be a 26-year-old here. You know, whatever the hell AG is, 26, 27, we're going to need him to act like that. It can't no, you won't load management to AD. No, AD. We need your ass to play 82 games about 36, 37, 8 minutes a night and average us about 25 in about 14. You know, that's what Which we need out of AD. He it's does probably, that out of bed. But can he do it for 82 but you games? See, you see why that's a better option to build it out, though? You, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. That's Those why I, I agree. Few veteran minimum guys. Like, but how do you that, tell that, Kawhi no? Better idea. How do you say no to Kawhi if he yeah. wants to do it? That's yeah. the thing right now. They've already no? crossed that bridge now since they're doing the meeting. If he says yes, you take him. I'm just saying I don't think they should have even reached out to begin with. I think they should have been hitting the free agency, uh, you know, mid-tier and bottom-tier right Get now. your Patrick you know, Beverly's and whatnot. Yeah, you know what I mean? You know, Patrick Those Beverly would be a, that's a That's a good addition right there, Patrick Beverly. And you surround oh, some yeah. more shooters. I mean, to me, because my, my ideal free agent signing, I mean, but now, I mean, it's more of a long shot than anything would be Clay. Clay, to me, is with oh, the way, man. I mean, because AD is an awesome compliment to LeBron. And then if you add a shooter of that of that caliber, man, well, that's just a fantasy of mine, but that's not here, no there. I would love are, are Clay. We, are we sure Clay, Draymond, and Steph will ever be the same? Because Steph's going to play that's, ridiculous that's a fair point. and usage next year to keep them floating above water until Clay and them get back. Are we ever gonna see what we saw the past couple of years from them, man? Like those, those are legit questions. Because do you think Steph's ankle stuff might start to creep up again when he has to carry them to keep them in playoff contention? Because this is the West now. You can't just wait for Clay and tread water. Yeah, no, and, and and I think a lot of those Vegas odds, a lot of those Vegas odds are very much attributed to the fact that KD and Clay are going to be out. For all, for most of this, well, Clay for most, and obviously KD for all of it. But you know, and I think those Vegas numbers are based on that. And going back to to your point of like, you know, are they going to be the same? I mean, this is probably a conversation for another time. You know, I don't know how much time we got left, but there was an article I read. I think uh, I think it was on the LA Times that we're talking about was you know is Golden State a flawed championship team in the sense of you know, were they really that kind of a championship caliber team prior to Kevin Durant? Was Kevin Durant the real reason why this dynasty was launched as good as it was? Because, I mean, how did they win their first chip? And how did they win their, their, their next chip after that? They won it because they had that missing component. And maybe without KD, the Warriors are never going to be the same. I mean, you you take so KD it, out of that and, picture, and, and, and they're the, done. That's the sad part of it. That's the sad part of them getting KD. We'll never know. 
You know what I'm saying? We'll never know if they would have been good enough to be a, a team that we, you know, put up there with all the other dynasties. We'll never know now because they did bring in overwhelming support and bringing in Durant. That was overkill. But, yeah, no, no, that's a good well, question. I'm going to check that article out. I mean, well, kind of because, cause, I mean, the, the, the argument is more on the fact that 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 seventy what was it seventy three and nine Golden State team? I mean they lost to Cleveland because they didn't have that ISO they didn't have that ISO player that ISO player wasn't there so you know I mean it's a, it's a fair, also, I mean it's, I think it's fair load management yeah also load management of them going for seventy three and then the next yeah. year we saw Steve Kerr put his foot on the brakes like wait a minute we're not doing that again. Because there's no way yeah, they should have got beaten by that Cleveland team. They <laughs> shouldn't have, and that's the thing. <laughs> they did, and and that's the thing. When Kevin Durant came in, it's almost like you know you got the two, the probably the greatest backcourt we've ever seen, and then you put in the best ISO player that the game had at the, uh, has at that time. I mean, it was a perfect compliment. And then you know you take Steph out, or you take Clay out, or you know you take Kevin Durant out. You know, however you want to alternate, you know who you want to take out. I mean. But at the end of the day, I think Kevin Durant did staple that dynasty, you know, or put the nail on that dynasty, like, for sure, after when, once he signed with the Warriors. Because, I mean, I think, yeah. I think that Cleveland championship really did show that it was really mostly about Kevin Durant. And then, obviously, this finals showed that as well. One thing we know, guys, we got Kevin Durant cut down at the legs, no pun intended. At the height of his yep. career, man. We were about to see the best Same. Kevin Durant next year. If he had went to New York, we were going to see Kevin Durant putting up 50 balls like Bernard King in goddamn 88 or something. Man, we was going to see Kevin Durant going off, and we'll never get to see it because he'll never be the guy he was going to be next year because they let him go out unauthorized. Now, it's authorized but it's unauthorized because I believe they knew the potential of him getting further injured. And that's the point, man. And we get robbed of great shit like Derrick Rose. You know, we never got yeah. to see, man, Derrick Rose was, I mean, you, you get to see that Derrick Rose highlight clip. It's probably, I'm a, I, I'm a dude who likes to watch like highlight reels of people like Deion Sanders highlight, highlight reel. Or Bo Jackson's right. highlight reel. Man, Derrick Rose's highlight reel might be the dopest highlight reel of all highlight reels. Because, dog, yeah, it's man. literally... It's, it's like, up there, dude. It's up there. And, it's and, crazy. And Coach Tibbs out of Chicago has a whole graveyard of bones of players who he ran into the ground playing <laughs> a 30-plus, 30 35 minutes a game. From Derrick Rose to Lou Alding to Joe Kim Noah, Noah, guys who would never be the same after playing for Coach Kids. So, it, you know, that kind of it goes back to what we were talking about earlier. Like, load management is important. They do need to shorten the season, uh, make the games more important, less stress on the body so we can see the best of the best at their best, and not have situations like that anymore, honestly, man. Because, yeah, everything we see Russell doing, Derrick Rose is going to be doing similar things, man, and, and sometimes even more spectacular than Russ. You know what I'm saying? Like that that guy playing point guard, that kind of athlete has a point. Like, man, 
This you remember it was, it was better than on, Ross, uh, what's man. my man? What's my man in Miami? Uh, the point guard in Miami. You remember the the two hand rolls put on him on the break? He cocked it back, touched the numbers, and banged on him. <laughs> hey, what is my man's name? The little point guard from uh, I think Lithuania, little guy. The one that ended up going to Phoenix? The one that ended up going to Phoenix? Dragic. Dragic. Yeah, yeah, Gordon yeah, Dragic. Phoenix with Gordon Dragic. Man, the Derrick Rose dunk on him, man. That That is the one for anybody who ain't never seen that. You two dance right. <laughs> That's Rose at his Rose. most freakish. Stupid. And, and, and listen, let me let me let me throw out another stupid story here. Let me go let me go dumb real quick. Wouldn't it have been really nickying for Kevin Durant to listen to bad advice all summer if he didn't get hurt? Listen to bad advice and them telling him he didn't need surgery, go out for the Knicks and get hurt within the first month of the season. That same injury would have happened after the max deal and everything else. Like, wouldn't that just be, like, real New York Knicks? You know what I'm saying? Things yeah. just don't go right for them, man. They're, they're going to sign them. I mean, that's rumor has it at this point that the Knicks are still going to get Durant. You know, I, I don't think know. Paul I, I think I think – I don't know. I, I think I, I heard something today uh, – I think I heard something today on the radio that – that James Dolan had released a statement saying something to the extent that he's not sure if he wants to make an uh, two hundred and some million dollar investment on a player with a bad Achilles, not knowing how he's going to come back. I don't know. I don't know too much that the Knicks are fully invested in that anymore. I mean, it's just what I heard. I mean, I, I mean, I haven't really looked at any articles to verify that, but I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know at this point. Well, good for Dolan finally making an uh, okay decision. Because <laughs> a lot of people can take that risk. They can't take that risk. Other teams can't. They're, they're too raggedy to even try it, man. They should leave them alone. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 I want to try to examine the sample here. What's the most recent guy that's torn an Achilles? Because Paul George didn't tear an Achilles. His shit was like a, a leg break. So who's right. the most recent guy we have that's torn an Achilles and come back? I don't know who that is. But was AJ well, Peterson an Achilles or an yeah. MCL? Yeah. Achilles. Achilles. Uh, uh, Dominique, probably a good example. Of coming back one hundred percent. Yeah, from really? an Achilles rupture. Yeah. Oh, he wow. wasn't great when he came back. He he was still a, a, a he was a nice player, but he wasn't what he was. That's because that's oh, the thing is that that, that that Achilles. That I mean, it's it's it, I guess it's the whole concept of uh, from what I understand, it's the whole concept of muscle memory and and you know and to get that muscle memory back, it's gonna it's gonna, not only is it gonna take him gonna take Kevin Durant obviously this year, and then. So next year when he's healthy, he's gonna. It's gonna take him at least two years to get back to at least to see if we can at least see what we saw, you know, this season. It's gonna take a while. But he, but but he may never have that explosion. Uh, Rudy Gay, if y'all remember early on in Rudy Gay's career, he's a high flyer. Now oh, he's, yeah. he's more of a spot up guy, kind of find his shot yeah. guy. But he's not the That's athlete right. he used to be before the you know those injuries. So I mean that's. That's something that could be real. Like he may never be that same athlete, 
but he's still going to be a great shooter who's damn near seven feet. So he's still going to be a problem, but, but not, that's what you makes know, it... not the freak. Yeah, and, you know, that's what makes this whole thing interesting because – I mean, if if you know the Warriors, I think I think he I think he declined his thirty one million option right for next season. I think that's he sure did. what. Yeah, he did. so you know so to me that kind of tell, I mean you know because the NBA is that kind of a league where these players don't do things or these general managers don't do things unless they hear the whispers or they get some confirmation like hey this is what's going to happen. So maybe there's still something else in play for Kevin Durant to. To, you know, or who knows? Maybe uh, I don't know. I keep hearing that the Clippers are a viable option for Durant, and maybe the Clippers could just hang on until uh, until he's healthy, and you know, and still be and still be a viable team by the time he's healthy. I mean, but it's yeah, I mean, he he got some offers out there. They wouldn't have turned down that thirty if there weren't any offers. Like that's yeah, right. You're right. Yeah. Well, guys, we've been on for about a little over two hours. Before we go on and wrap it up, man, I want to go on and take advantage of having my man Jonathan on and getting a little feel. I don't know, you know, a lot of brothers out there that grow up playing baseball, but I'm one of them, one of them brothers who grew up playing baseball my whole life and having boxes and albums of baseball cards and just loving Albert Bell and Barry Bonds and Frank Thomas and Ken Griffey and Jay Buhner and Edgar Martinez and, you know, guys, guys of that 1990s Mo Vaughn and, you know, of, of that Gwynn. era, Tony Gwynn, Andre Dawson, uh, you know, Dave Winfield, Cecil Fielder, you know, the list goes on and on. Uh, Will Clark, Matt Williams, all, all the guys from the nineties, early two thousands era. So, while while I have Jonathan on, I love to try to get a little baseball update and see what the Dodgers are doing. Uh, let's do it, John. Well, we've had all the introductions. We've had all the pomp and circumstance. We've had all the fuss and feathers. But it's time. It's time for Dodger baseball. I hear the Dodgers are killing it. Corey Bellinger is on track to be a unanimous MVP. What what's the latest, fam? Fill us in. It's kind of boring because they have a 13 game lead on the National League West. I think they've already built about a seven game lead on the entire National League, and I think they're about five games ahead of everybody else in the American in the American and National League. So, I mean. It's kind of hard right now to argue with this front office, even though they've lost two consecutive World Series. But it's it's boring, but it's a good boring. You know, I mean, it's 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 they're they're establishing their dominance. I mean, they're they're running away with. They're pretty much filling up every statistical category possible. They got the best starting pitching. They've got the best run differential. Their offense is clicking on all cylinders right now. Uh, you know, like you said, Cody Bellinger is up there for MVP, but uh, I still got to give it to Christian Yelich for just by a hair. Only because, man, that, I mean, it's it's almost like that whole, uh, my, uh, who is it? If it, I keep forgetting, like, if it wasn't for this guy being around, oh, yeah, well, I mean, I'm sure you guys have heard about soccer, 
or you know football over there in the European leagues about this whole Ronaldo Messi thing. There's always a running joke that had Messi never existed, uh, Ronaldo would be the greatest soccer player on the planet. Kind of the same thing right now with Christian Yelich and Cody Bellinger. Cody Bellinger is having a phenomenal year, but Christian Yelich is still the man right now. And, and you know, all we need is for Cody Bellinger to just keep up that batting average, you know, to continue being, you know, to continue having, you know, it's just consistency at this point. The dog days of summer are coming. And that's typically when you kind of see who you're really, you know, kind of see who you're really made of, you know, because, you know, at this point, I don't know if you guys remember back in 2017. Oh, no, wait, I think it was last year. No, 2017. But the Dodgers took a little bit of a nosedive going into the playoffs. They had like this really bad stretch from July, August, and September. You know, they still went into the playoffs, still made it to the World Series, but we got to see if the Dodgers can kind of replicate what the Red Sox did last year. Cause the Red Sox last year started off like this, but they maintained it throughout the whole season. And that's why they were the, that's why they kicked the Dodgers ass when it came to the world series. So at least for right now, you know, the Dodgers got the lead. I mean, everything looks gravy right now, but it's like anything right now. I mean, we just need this team to produce a championship. Yes, sir. Nod, you got any love for America's pastime? Yeah, I've kind of gotten more into it this year than I've been in the past. So my my big thing is somebody has got to explain to me how the Colorado Rockies can't build a winner out there. Like if that course field advantage is real, as we saw tonight when them and the Dodgers went at it runs everywhere, how the hell can you not win with that? If you got half your home games there, makes no sense to me, man. So I, I, somebody got to explain what? that to me, and everybody's saying that the ball is juiced this year. Like, I, I need to know what the hell those things really mean. Well, I mean, well, as far as Coors Field, I mean, I kind of relate it to, you know, a boxer that trains in altitude, right? If you train in altitude, you know, you're restricted with air, you know, your lungs fill up more, and you know, when you go back to a normal state, I mean, he's supposed to be uh, a super athlete, right? Am I, am I, is my analogy kind of on point or, you know, or if I'm, or am I kind of off? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, no, that's, on, yeah okay. that's the ballpark. Yeah, you know, but, but the thing with the Colorado Rockies, when it comes to baseball, it's different because the ball travels a lot, like whatever. Okay, this is the best way I can explain it also. The way the reason why it's more of a disadvantage, what I what I think is more of a disadvantage when it comes to course field is because you're kind of given this illusion that all your pop ups are always gonna be home runs. So remember, you're playing, you know, you're you know, hundred and sixty two, you know, you're playing you're you're basically playing hundred and sixty two games a year. You know, you divide that you know, you divide that by by two and that pretty, you know, you divide that by two and that comes out to 81, 82 games, I think. So, you know, half of your season, you're playing it somewhere else. And that's where you're going to show where your true colors are. So using the Dodgers as an example, if they're kicking ass on regular fields, regular altitude, then when they go to the altitude, they're just going to look like a super team, which is what the Dodgers kind of look like right now out there in Coors Field. They look like a super team. And it makes it seem like Colorado's a super team because they basically just kicked the ass of our aces, which was Bueller and Hunjin Ryu. 
But at the same time, you know, everybody that's, that kind of knows the base, kind of knows that thing about Coors Field, will always default to, yeah, you know, they got their ass kicked, but it's Coors Field. It happens. So, so the ball it's kind of like to... a reverse. It's a, it's a reverse advantage when it comes to, to Coors Field. Now, the ball being juiced, from what I've read, is that the manufacturer is making it different. They started making them different. Although MLB mm-hmm. isn't necessarily confirming it, but what they say is that the ball is made a little different. So it's made, I think, a slight heavier. So if it's like an ounce or so heavier, it should, it should, it should travel a little bit further. At least that's how I kind of understood the article. I mean, it's, it's like, you know, some geometry bullshit that I don't really understand, but at least more or less that's what they're talking about, that the density of the ball, the way it's made now, it's making it travel a little bit further. So, I mean, okay. yeah, I mean, you know, you can kind of take that for what it's worth. You know, I mean, I don't really understand it too much. I mean, I'm not going to tell you that I get it, but that's basically what it is about what I think. Coors Field is a reverse advantage. What's an advantage to a boxer? is actually a disadvantage for the baseball team, you know? But, you yeah. know, and when it comes to the ball, that's kind of like what they're saying with, when it comes to the ball. Well, but, you Nodgen, know, I mean. At Nodgenham, they had their day in the 90s with, with the Braves. I mean, you can't complain, oh, yeah. man. Y'all, I know y'all had a good time back in the days with the Braves doing anything consecutive years down there, didn't you? <laughs> Hey man, we 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 don't need to do that, man. You know Atlanta is cursed, man. They won fourteen division titles and only won one chip with one of the greatest pitching staffs of all time. That's some Atlanta shit right there. <laughs> yeah, it sure is. Boy, it sure is. Ooh, that's some Atlanta. Fourteen consecutive. Did you say fourteen consecutive? Fourteen yeah, consecutive yep. division titles, one chip. Damn. Uh-huh. Wow. And you know, and you know who was there? You know who were the? You know who was the Atlanta Braves uh, president of baseball operations during that time? Who that? Mark Shot. The Show guy Hope? that the the guy the guy that's running the Dodgers right now, Stan Caston. Oh, Stan Caston. I got you. Okay, Stan Caston. And you know, and it's funny because well, because it's funny because it's almost like the Dodgers are ex- replicating that exact same thing. They're they're winning every single year. They win the division, and it's just right now we're just waiting for them to win that one chip. <laughs> yeah, they've been winning that division for a while now. While, okay. a while. So, folks, get, folks we gotta are, hit in big moments. You know, that's just what it comes down to. You gotta hit in big yeah. moments. That's the problem. You know, that's, and that's the thing. That's the thing that uh, JP has been talking about for you know, because you know, I'm, I'm sure you know, not we. Me and him worked together before, so we used to, like, you know, collaborate during lunch. At least that's what I like to call it. You know, we used to collaborate during lunch. And uh, the thing about the Dodgers is that they were always a home run or bust team. You know, they, they weren't a contact-hitting team. They weren't that team that, you know, you know, really just tried to place the ball. You know, and, you know, right now, this year, it kind of looks like they've already they found that balance. They're still the home run hitting team, but now their 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 on base percentage as a team is top of the league now. So their batting average is up as a team. You know, it, it looks like they found that at least for now. Like, but I think you said it a little like a couple of se- a couple minutes ago. Now is that you know they just got to step up in these big moments. That's all 
they need to do is just get over that hump, and hopefully this year they get it together. So tell us what's what's going to be the the competition in the National League, and wrap us up on what's happening in the AL. Well, I mean, right now, I mean, when it comes to well, when it comes to the National League, I think it's it's still. I think Atlanta is going to be it's, it's going to be a threat. Um, I mean, not Atlanta. I'm sorry, Philadelphia. Philadelphia is going to be the threat. Um, and all and, and you know, but you know, with a 13 game lead, I mean, in a seven game lead in the entire National League, it's really hard to pinpoint where your threat is coming from. The threat is still in the American League. Because if you, I mean, and I know this is probably, you know, a pipe dream because it's a pipe dream that I really want to see. I want to see it. I got to witness Lakers, Celtics. Dodgers, Yankees. I want to see the Dodgers and the Yankees. And right now the Yankees look like a juggernaut. And just think about that. Just think about this. The Yankees, the Yankees, yes, yes, not the, the, they're getting, they've, everything that they've done right now, they've done it. And they're not healthy. They're not fully healthy. That means if the Yankees have been fully healthy, they'd probably be toe-to-toe with the Dodgers, if not better. And this is coming from a guy that, I, I mean, you know, I hate Boston. I mean, I hate, you know, I don't want to say I hate, I hate New too. York, but I hate them too. And it's just, you know, it's just, I mean, it, I mean, it looks like right now the, the, the teams that are, you know, the Astros are still in it, you know, because the Astros are still a really good team. But, man, them Yankees. That looks pretty – that's a formidable opponent for sure. So I don't think the Dodgers are going to just run away with it. They're going to they're, they're gonna, they're, you know, they're gonna have their work cut out for them, that's for sure. Well, I'm sure baseball, the, the MLB would love for that to happen, baby. That's a coast-to-coast series. That's the one we all been waiting for forever. Um, should be really exciting. Uh, guys, I want to thank y'all for Jonathan for spending this near three hours rocking with your boy Nods. Thank you for dropping in, brother. Appreciate you every time you can stop by. It's been a heavy-handed edition, y'all. Friday night, got it in, covered some real good topics, man. Went in depth, got the good analysis from my boys here. Nods, Jonathan, thank y'all. RC, thank you for coming through, homie. Uh, until the next time, man. Have a blessed one. I'm out. Good night. I'm not telling you niggas. I'm not a regular nigga. No, been supposed to change up. I was been supposed to fold all this pressure. I was been supposed to change up. Nigga, what would I?